0: hi everyone. welcome to another episode of the five one speedway show hopefully again you've managed to catch up with all the episodes we had so far last episode we had a bellevue legend in the form of chris morton unfortunately we managed to get one half of his story so far so part two will be along very very soon fingers crossed tonight my guest is actually the current bellevue team manager also the current australian team manager but before all that he was a good professional speed rider who rode for many many english clubs up and down the country, as far as Exeter, up to Newcastle, Somerset, Eastbourne, Poole, which puts put to name a few. So please welcome to the show tonight, Mark Lemon. Hi, mate. How are you doing? Pretty good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, can't
1: complain. Can't complain. Obviously, we've got lockdown here in the UK, so it hasn't been the, the best of times, but uh, we're, we're battling away and uh, hopefully we're seeing it, uh coming through and the light at the end of the tunnel is not far away.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed, fingers crossed, because obviously all this vaccination and everything is obviously saving everybody's bacon at the moment, so to speak, and uh, it's ha- going to give us a chance to have a season this year. Yeah,
1: it's looking pretty good over here in the UK. I mean, they're rolling out the numbers, you know, you know quite fast, quite rapidly. Um, it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of sort of, uh, you know, renewed belief that, you know, we've turned the corner. I mean, it's still obviously anything could happen, you know, it's been so unpredictable and so fluent, um, but... You know, we've got a May start um, now, start date May the 17th. And if the, the, you know, the vaccine keeps rolling out the way it is, it looks very promising. And then we'll just, um, you know, the government, government guidelines at the moment, you know, say we can have up to 4,000 people. So I'm sure that will be more reviewed closer to the time. But, yeah, it's quite promising. But uh, we look at our neighbours in Europe and the, and the numbers are going the other way. So it's still it's, it's it's a very, very worrying time.
0: Oh, yeah, and, of course, travel with, uh, like, riders going in and out of countries and things like that, you know, it's got to be something for yourself It's going to be on your mind a little bit this year.
1: Yeah, of course. Like, we, we don't know how, how much, you know, the, the, sort of the frequency mm-hmm. of the flights are going to come back into to play and um, whether they go back into normality, who, who knows? No one knows. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot more sort of hurdles, I, I think, to come and um, to, to have some more challenges in front of us. But, you know, we've, we've had a pretty tough, you know, everyone's had a pretty tough 12 months. So I think if we can get anything, I think everyone will be kind of pretty great.
0: Yeah, there would be. I mean, fortunately at Bellevue, obviously towards the end of last year, you managed to get a few meetings on. So that must have been good for yourself to, to at least see a little bit of racing.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, we had obviously Bellevue's steeped in history as, as mm. probably everyone knows. And, like, you know, we're holding, the you know, I'm part of the management team now, it's holding the baton for the custodian there at the club. Um, and we did want to see that record, that you know, unbroken, you know, continued record of the club running as the longest, you know, you know running uh, speedway track in the world. So we moved heaven and earth, make sure that we could get uh, a fixture on, and uh, we ended up doing uh, four fixtures. So in, in you know, behind closed doors, uh, which yeah, very challenging, but uh, you know, we, we put on some pretty good events, and I think you know, we we'll live streamed them out. First of it, you know, many things to, to try and you know. Tackle what we, we might be seeing like the new norm. Um, so yeah, that was pretty cool. I mean, it's it was a lot of work just to put <laughs> you know, a few meetings on, um, you know, a lot of behind the scenes stuff. So the whole management team were uh, working you know night and day really. So it's just it's just ever evolving. So you just didn't know what you're doing. But yeah, we there's some pretty blinding meetings, and I think mm-hmm. if everyone's seen the, the Peter Craven memorial. You can still like you know get the live stream link and um, as of Sports Central. Um, so that, that six-man final, I, I think
0: that was a highlight for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, I didn't actually manage to see that meeting, but I saw the pictures and uh, everyone saying about it, six-man race. It's like a rarity to even see that in this country, because obviously the closest we get to that sort of thing would be the Czech golden helmet or, or something like that. But obviously Bellevue, even the old uh, Hyde Road could have six riders on it. So it proves that this new Bellevue can fit six on it as well.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think we just kind of got sort of wrapped up in cotton balls, you know. Like it's 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 we, we've got so no no guys, you know, we've got air fences now, so the tracks are like uber safe, you know, so safe it's it's unbelievable. And like we've, we've gone, riders have probably gone a bit too, you know, like uh, like I said, they've been wrapped up in cotton wool so much. And you know, I, I remember doing many races at Madura, you know, a little tiny three hundred meter track, and probably the, the, the width of the straights were probably only ten meters, and we had six guys line up there and a six-rider, six-lap final. Um, but you were just accustomed to it. That's just what you did. You were part of the entertainment. And we've, we've lost a little bit of that some, somewhere along the line. And uh, it was nice to, to, to have the six guys come up there. And we we, we built it up gradually kind of like through a five-rider five semifinal and the six-rider, uh, you know, final. Maybe next year we'll, we'll go to a six-rider uh, six, six final. But yeah, I, I remember when the boys, they signed up to the, to the contract, you know, they're going to do this meeting. Because uh, I think they're always just sort of desperate to, to get on, get some track time for this, you know, the season and have the spin. But they got to the meet and they're like, "Do we? Re- do you really think it's safe to be doing six, six riders in a, in a final?" It's like, you, sign the, you sign the contract, boys. Well, get out there. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, it was it was good to see, really good to see, it was a spectacle.
0: Exactly, exactly. They can't back out now. Once they signed it on the dotted line, mate, that's it. That they're, they're, they're screwed. <laughs> they tried their hardest, but you know, was like too late, guys. Yeah, exactly. But no, like I say, it's a breath of fresh air to see that sort of thing. And maybe, like I said, maybe next year you can do it, or this year, so you can do it again. And like I say, maybe have a six lap final. Really, really test the boys that time. Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, it's, it's nothing new, is it? You know, no. we, we haven't seen it for a long time. And like, you know, the part of it's in Czech Republic with the golden helmet, you know, the boys just take it for granted. They're going to be, a, be six rising up in a race. Um, But, you know, I remember doing some of the long track meetings and, you know, like I have a major series in, in Australia There'd be probably about 20 on the, on the start line, you know, and it's just like elbow to elbow. It was just, you know, come on, give me some room, guys. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's just, yeah, it's and I, I think what you do as a rider, you kind of you, you, you engage your brain a lot more. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, um, and I think when there's only four there, it's just like flat out all piled into the corners. Um, yeah, so it, it can be safe, you know, obviously it's a dangerous sport, you know, the best of times, but uh, yeah, like I said, it's a spectacle, and we've lost that sort of touch a little bit, and uh, it was certainly nice to to put that on that track. I mean, like you, you said, you spoke to Chris Morton, you know, was, you know, highly influential on in getting that, that stadium and, and that, you know, copying that track from the old Hyde road. And they did an, a, a tremendous job. Mm. And the racing is just you know, out of this world week in, week out.
0: Yeah, it is. And it's an amazing track so unfortunately myself I managed to do a second half there uh, when it first sort of opened in, uh, was it 2016 and things like that. And uh, I remember riding around and I thought, Jesus Christ, I love the place. I I it's like flat stick all the way around and you know, like, you know, you never go that sort of, that, that, that sort of speed, you know, anywhere really, not even at sort of like King's Lynn or anywhere like that sort of thing, but no, it is a nice track and it's a nice track to go and visit, to go uh, watch, you know, everything. I, I I love the place. It's just a shame it's such a far away from where I live. <laughs> Same problem.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've not had the joys of actually uh, putting putting two wheels on there at the moment. Um, I promised myself to, to get out there and cut some laps up, but uh, just been so busy behind the, on the, you know, in the back scene, that, uh, the backstage of it all, trying to keep get the place going. But I haven't had time. But you know, hopefully one day, because like you know, the boys come back in with a massive smile on their face. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, you know, we see some of the races, and you know, one of the one of the races, I think with Max Fripp, Cookie and um, I think Jason Doyle, maybe might been Jack Holder. It's just you know, it, it's got millions of views on YouTube. It's just such an you know, incredible race. And, you know, if any anyone that wants to sort of get an insight of what Speedway could be, be like, you, know, you just got to watch that race.
0: Remember? Yeah. Yeah. There's loads of races on YouTube from the New Bellevue. I mean, I can even remember, like, the playoff final, I think it was against Wolverhampton, you know, when Ty came back into the team and things like that. And even Ty struggled to get round there because it's, it's completely different to what he rides in Poland, you know, different material and everything else. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's brilliant to watch.
1: Yeah, I've raised that. I've raised that meaning out of my memory. It's fair. We,
0: we lost. So. Oh yeah, forgot. <laughs> no, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> but no, but um, well, hopefully, fingers crossed. One day you'll be able to lift the championship again. It's, it's been a long time since '93, you know, and things like that. But uh, hopefully, maybe this year be your year.
1: Well, I hope so. It's, yeah, it's been a long time. We keep getting reminded every year, and I mean that particularly that time you just talked about Wolverhampton. I think that was probably the the closest we we kind of we got. Um, you know, we 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 got runners up but the, I think the year before um the year after we got knocked out by Wolverhampton by a corner two. but it was an instant heat 13 It cost probably both clubs the um the actual overall championship um with an instant heat 13 so um yeah, the, I, I felt that year was the, the strongest we were to, close to, to winning the, the league title mm-hmm. we went on to win the knockout cup um so that's you know, it was a sort of bittersweet sort of you know victory there but you know the, the the, the one that sort of exclusive championship we've been trying to win for so long, uh, got away from us. So uh, we, we got a little bit sidetracked last year, but you know, the, the, the team we put on paper last year, I, I felt, um, I would say the year before, I should say yeah. 2019. Um, um I think that the teams we put on paper, you know, certainly, you know, you, you, they've been favorites, mm. um, but you know, we didn't get the chance. So we've had to restructure somewhat this year and we, we go at it again, but I, I'm sure everyone feels the same way at the start of the year, that the ambition is to win the league and, but, yeah, it's been a long time between drinks.
0: Yeah, it has been, of course, with all these, um, obviously the British Rising Star programme, which is coming for this year, which I personally think is a fantastic thing, and I really hope they continue it for the next couple of years. Because uh, you've got one of my one of my mates, you've got Tom Brennan, who I, I've seen grow up from Eastbourne all, since he was like uh, 10, 11, 12 years old sort of thing. And uh, I'll tell you what, that, that you've got a bloody good signing there, mate. I mean, I took my hat off to you to get him in, in the first place.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, it's... Um... Well, obviously the incentive and the, the program we've put in place, you know, it's probably couldn't have come at a better time. And, and you know, you talk about, you know, sort of, you know, if we keep it, you know, the plan is to keep it for the next five years and we'll go in 2022, we'll go to two rising, rising stars down at the bottom. Um, and I, I think that's when you really see the system start to work properly and that these kids will filter through. I mean, we, ideally, in my opinion, that we should have gone to, you know, two rising stars this year, but you know, there was a, you know, a sense of sort of cautiousness around the program and a lot of clubs had signed, wanted to keep their same teams from last year. Um, and, but that's, that's proven quite difficult, you know, with obviously with COVID and obviously Poland putting restrictions on. So we probably could have gone to the five and two and it's a shame we didn't, but the key to this thing is, is so there's a, a plan in place, you know, for the next five years, we'll, we'll see this rising star program. And I think it certainly will generate, you know, you know, fast track these young kids through the system. You know, cause there's nothing like when you 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 know, when you're a young kid, you come through and you get to race in the same team as the top boys. It, mm. it just, they, you learn that they, they think different, they operate different. And, you know, you, you kind of get put into that environment and you, you know, you should really sort of feed off them. And, and hopefully that's what they're going to achieve. But uh, and I think the fans will, will embrace it. You know, like mm. you know, we, we talked about the, um, because I was part of the committee that, that helped organize this, this Rising Star program. We talked a lot about the old fast track system they had, you know, five, six years ago. Mm and why it, it kind of didn't work. And we tried to basically put, you know, you know sort of like fault-free, you know, play, you, know, you know, rules and regulations in this to make sure that this wasn't gonna happen. And, um, but what we what we did realize that, you know, the fans definitely got behind it, you know? Mm-hmm. So they they, they love seeing these young kids come onto the scene and, and you know, progress through the, through the system. So, um, you know, you get your get best of both worlds, you know, you get the top guys and then you get these young kids coming
0: through. So something for everybody. Yeah, because I think the fans want to see like the next sort of like Ty Wolfund and Chris Harris, Scott Nichols, the, the, the next generation of those sort of riders coming through. Um, unfortunately, like you say, we've, we've tried these sort of programs before and they've sort of fallen at the first hurdle. So perhaps it's like you say, it's right to go cautious, cautious this year and then next year put a better onslaught into it, put and have two at the bottom. And then maybe even the Championship could do the same in the National League sort of thing. And there'll be a proper progression all the way through.
1: Yeah, it's a slop of t- a tiered um, progression. You know, like, that's what's kind of missing. I mean, like right now we've, we've got pr- kind of like two top leagues, really. I mean, like, the Premiership is definitely the top league, but the Championship is, you know, no by far, you know, an inferior product. Um, it's got some class in it. So, but there's, the, there's that, like I said, there's no tiered system. You know, there's guys that come through the National League. There's a massive step going up into the Championship or the Premiership. You know, and um, so that's kind of got to be sort of man- managed. Yeah, a little bit um, as well. But uh, I, I think this helping this, you know, both leagues are going to do it next
0: year. Perfect. Mm. Yeah, it can kind of be onwards and upwards for British Freeway, you know, more than anything. But um, that's the politics done for now. <laughs> and then it's uh, on to talk about why we're really here is to talk about your career. Obviously, everybody knows that you've done many, many miles in the UK. Like I said in the introduction, you down to Exeter, up to Newcastle, and a few clubs in between. Um, but it, how did it all start for you then, Mark? say, so
1: how long have you got, mate? <laughs> as long as you
0: want, as long as you want.
1: <laughs> I'll, keep, I'll keep it brief. I'll keep it brief. Yeah. But,
0: uh, nah, for, for me,
1: um, I mean, I, I was just, you know, I, I fell in love with motorbikes, you know, as a young age, as a young kid, about, you know, sort of three years old. We had like a family little, you know, monkey bike, little Z50, Honda Z50, that uh, you just couldn't keep me off it from the first time I got on it. And, you know, come home from school, I'd get on a motorbike and, and ride around wherever down the, down the tracks we'd make and... Uh, but really I, I wasn't Australian rules football. I, I was really passionate about my Australian rules football. Mm. So it was a seasonal thing, off season thing that, you know, during the off season, you know, I'd race the motorbikes. My family used to always go to the, the Olympic park speedway, Madura mm. And we used to watch you know the, the legend Phil Crump race there and, you know, beat all the internationals that we would come there and try and beat him. Um, so he was my, my hero, uh, my sporting hero. And they started up a junior program um, at the track. One of the one of the, they weren't the pioneers, you know, sidewiners in South Australia uh, were the pioneers of you know, getting that junior program in, in place, but Madura weren't long, you know, far behind. And um, so I used to go down beg mum and dad to go, go early and watch the kids racing and, and sort of, you know, after a while, you know, they, they I nagged them and nagged them for a bike. And <laughs> on my 12th birthday, they said, you know, if you want to race, you can race, but you got to go and buy your own bike. So I had to save up for like 12 months and I got myself a bike. And by the time I was 13, I,
0: Went, went racing nice That's so who are the, the sort of juniors you were watching then at that sort of time then
1: uh like from like lee adams jason lyons uh there's a couple of kids called the harding um, harding brothers mm-hmm. david and peter were pretty pretty special um but a good friend of mine david McSwain, just lived up the top of the road he was a top motocross rider in the state and he raced um, Junior Speedway, and it was actually his bike I bought. So I used to go and see it at his place and like just drool around <laughs> that bike. You know, uh, it's interesting because when I was t- Taylor, it took me five, uh, 12 months to buy this bike. I didn't realize that like my mum and dad, I was youngest of four, so they were never going to give me, you know, go and buy me a Speedway bike and give me a handout. So um, when they saw I was actually generally, you know, you know, persevering to, to buy this, this this motorbike, they actually put a deposit on it, bought it, set it aside in the bike shop. Um, and then obviously I had enough money, you know, I, I could get the bike. And I now only found out that, that about probably about five years ago. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know that. So it was like pretty cool. They obviously, you yeah, know, they weren't sure if I was going to be committed to it. And, um, but yeah, they, they set this bike to one side because I was just besotted by it. And um, yeah, that's kind of how it started. But yeah, Lee Adams, like um, like Jason Lyons, all the kingpins around Madura and uh, Shane Park, Scott Norman, Craig Hodgson. You know, some of these guys have got, you know, went on to have great careers and Scotty Norman, mm-hmm. um, there was loads of them. And uh, we were a good bunch of kids coming through and then obviously, you know, Jason Crump come through and Ryan Sullen a couple of years later. Mm-hmm. And then obviously me, me and Jason become pretty good pals and used to ride dirt bikes everywhere from our, each other's houses and go down the railway lines and we'd go to the salt flats and we just make... You know, little speedway tracks and it mm-hmm. turned to be like little Simon Wiggs or you know, <laughs> Ivan Majors or Bruce Pennell or whatever, yeah. you know, and just you know, race like that just to our heart's content. So, um, and then by the time I was like 16, uh, my football was going pretty good, uh, and my speedway was going not bad, but I, I had no ambition, I didn't really know much about being a professional motorbike rider, and none whatsoever. I don't come from a motorsport background. So I was just doing it for fun, and um, obviously being involved with the crumps, you know, back in Madura, Then I started to get a bit of an education. You know, there's there's another world out there, <laughs> and um, you know, at 17, um, you know, I got offered to come to England. You know, so Pool Pirates brought me over. Um, Sam Momolinka had a you'd see me race in a, in Australia, and he tried to get me to to Wolverhampton. Mm-hmm. um so it was like okay there's a bit of interest here so maybe i can make a go at this and i always said whatever come first football or speedway at that stage I'd, I'd just go with go with the flow and um yeah so i came to england when i was 17. So <laughs>
0: Yeah, because Paul managed to get their hands on you for you, uh, for 1990. Um, but you came over towards the end of the season. I think it was in like, the September when I was looking all this up. I think your first meeting was away at Milton Keynes, which was your was your first meeting. Um, I've done a lot of research, mate, trust me. I, I, I remember yeah. some of this stuff. And uh, I managed to find the scores and everything. Unfortunately, you didn't score a point, unfortunately, I don't think, in that first meeting, including you touched the tapes in your first race. So, yeah. <laughs> but, I didn't even touch on the tapes, but, yeah. Yeah. But, but, um, but then, didn't, I was,
1: didn't score a point, God.
0: No, but um, then I think you were on Paul's books the rest of the season, and then I think you were like number eight and didn't get rides and things like that, but you had a, your first proper, again, meeting was at Ipswich um, in, in the league and everything, and funnily enough, I do have a bit of footage from that meeting, if you're interested yeah. about, about having a look at this one. I cannot remember it's a lot all right, If uh, I just get this up, and um, yeah, if you I say if you can't remember it, it might like jog, jog a memory or two, um, and, and things like that. But uh, yeah, it have got you coming out of um, gate number two in this in this race, uh, in the white helmet, um, and everything. So yeah, heat number two. So yeah, I mean, it must have been a huge learning curve for you riding, you know, in the national league as it was then.
1: Yeah, well, I, I, can't, I can't even remember going to switch. I mean, I came over in 1990. I got brought over for a couple of months just to see how it was, just to taste the session, really. Mm-hmm. And um, then we could only, you couldn't do any more than six meetings because you would get a an average. So I yeah. think only did five meetings. So yeah, yeah it was pretty green. Well, got a bit of lift there,
0: mate. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> so, oh, got around there. Yeah, I can't remember who's actually in, in the rest of the, in the other boys are. But um, yeah, I mean, like I say, it's a, uh, it's not getting average, but then obviously come back and fingers crossed you'll be back at pool for the following year. Obviously, was the plan.
1: Yeah, that was the plan. And things changed because they they went uh, first division. Mm. So, um, you know, I ended up going to Middlesbrough for a couple of seasons. But, yeah, ironically, I, I, I came back um, at the end of 91, um, at the tail end of the season, Middlesbrough had finished, and I did a few more meetings for um, pool and the main main team. Mm. So, um, yeah, that was pretty cool. But, yeah,
0: that's a long time I, I don't remember that. I don't no, know. I don't expect to remember much of the early stuff. But I thought I'd just – I managed to find find some of it. And I thought, well, you know, share it with him, you know, just to sort of maybe trigger something. But you came third, third in this race. Um, I think you finished, like, with two or three points again. Um, so, you know, again, it's just a learning curve. Like I said, not trying to get an average. And then, like I said, hopefully come back. But you went to Middlesbrough for 91 and for 92. Um, but was 92, like, the, the first full season for yourself then?
1: Uh, 91 was my first full season. Uh, right. the, yeah, so um, came back there. I think I broke my collarbone after about you know, five or six weeks. I had a few weeks out, maybe seven mm-hmm. weeks out. It was quite a bad break. Um, in modern days, you just go and get it plated and be back in a, you know, a week or so. Um, but yeah, no, I, had a, I had a good time up there in the north northeast. Um, you know, got into it. You know, the team was you know, not doing so good. We had so many injuries that that particular year. I think that had uh, 21 injuries or something. Oh. You know, I managed to ride in the you know heat leader at some point so i had a pretty good year um probably the average it didn't reflect the sort of how i rode um but um yeah that sort of got into it and started to enjoy it and um then i, I only had one more year i think the next year 92 things seemed didn't go so good for me mm. um and it got released from middlesbrough and you know things weren't working right behind the scenes and went to long eating and got it going and then um my average was like, I think, 596 or something, and you needed a six point average to get a renew your visa. Mm-hmm. So I missed out by like 0.04, which was pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was in the wilderness for like three years, couldn't get a yeah. work permit. So, yeah, so that um, I stayed back in Aussie and just got a mundane job. And um, you know, after about two years, I kind of give up all hope of ever being a pro rider again.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate, because obviously, like I said, back then, the, the rules were very, very tight. I mean, even speaking to some of the American guys I've had on the show previous, they were saying that they were always worried about getting that six-point average or, or whatever it was um, when they were in the, in the team, and like that. But um, So what sort of then reignited your spot then to come back to the UK? Was it a case of that someone saw you, or was it a case of you did a bit of inquiring?
1: No, I, I obviously, Paul, um, the, uh, the Stooksbury-Ansel um, promotion bought Swindon um, so they all want me to come back uh, every year. They 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 put in I mean, the team, signed me up, and then I think it was '96. Like um, three years later, uh, I remember Pete Ansell rang me like before the Australian summer, and he's like, I had, you know, I sort of I'd kind of given up on the, the the fact of really going back to to the UK. I'll be honest, and they just kind of said like, you know, do you think you can, you know, make the crit, you know, the cut in the criteria, which was like, you know, the top top four in the, the national championship. And I, I went, yeah, the way wow, I've been riding lately, yeah, no problem. And like, you probably didn't believe me. So they they signed, you know, I think Magnus Edestrom and um, Marcus Anderson down at Pool. So I didn't even have a, have a place there. So I was like, oh yeah, that's nice of you guys. And, uh, you know, I, I did actually get qualified for the overseas final through the Australian Championships. So um, I, I then qualified for the a visa of classes, you know, You know, world class international, so no changing of the manipulation of the uh, the 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 criteria could could come into play here. So uh the phone started ringing. You know, I had quite a few clubs, and I was quite taken back because I kind of like said I'd given up all hope of coming back and being a pro rider, and I I think that was probably a turning point for me Mm. because I I think when I just I I fought so hard to be a you know sportsman. I even went back playing Aussie rules football. Did a good, had a really good year at that, and then um, kind of realized I, I I wasn't in love with football, mm. so I, I kind of really enjoyed my my racing, but I kind of just felt it, it wasn't loving me back, and it was time to move on. And I think when I, I kind of made that decision that I'm just going to go out there and just ride because I like enjoy riding, it just clicked. And I remember the, all the boys coming back from Europe, um, the end of '95, and I, I I hosed them and. I was riding pretty good. And I said, I, 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 did, I had a good Australian championship and qualified for the overseas final. So it kind of, and then the phone rang and then I was like, okay, well, you know, little did I know at that particular time, my, my dad had done a deal for me to go to Bellevue. Oh, right. Yeah, with, with John Perrin. And like, um, my dad said, oh, you got a contract for the, you know, England. And as soon as I came, come off the, uh, the for after the results in the Australian championship. I'm like, what? Anyway, I, I turned it down. Oh right! I I, I refused. I ain't going back. Yeah, I'm not going back to the UK. And then we we did a couple more meetings on the road, and the phone kept ringing. And then it just like, okay, maybe maybe this is it. You know, maybe it's time to, you know, there's there's some interest there now, and it's time to go back. Mm -hmm. So and that's what we did. I I joined, um, you know, uh, Dave Pavitt and uh, believe it or not, Buster Chapman at Oxford, Mm -hmm. the promotion of Oxford. So. No, I had a crack in the there. I loved it. I had a fantastic time. You know, it was the one big league yeah. up and down the country. A really cool time in Speedway. So um, I, was, I was pretty happy to be back.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because um, obviously that 95 was the first year of the big league in, in the UK. Um, and then like I said, you caught the tail end of that big league in 96. Did you enjoy doing that then having like a, a huge league and going to so many different tracks rather than going to the same one three or four times a year?
1: I enjoyed not having to go to work. Right, <laughs> <So>, okay. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, so you know, you, you know, that daily grind, and you come back, and you've been, a, you know, a sportsman again. I was like, yeah. that, this is like just cool. So it, it, it wouldn't have mattered if I had gone to go on the worst track every week. Um, I was pretty happy. I was just in love and love and life. You know, I was getting a few meetings in Poland, and it sort of just started to trickle along. And and uh, it's, yeah, that, that one big league was well, it was cool because you went up and down the country, and you probably had a real more reflection on your on your uh, your average. To mm. see where you were at, and I remember actually I had a bigger away average than I did have a home average, believe it or not. Um, so that was a pretty cool team. We, with you know, Thomas Tipinka and Bob Brail and a mm. few other boys, Marvin Cox, and yeah, that was some pretty fun times. You know, you got you know lifelong you know, friendships out of that, and yeah, you know, I just yeah, it was just fresh. You know, I was just I was happy to be back, and, and, but I do remember. The month of May nineteen ninety-six, it was bloody cold. And I just, uh, <laughs> thinking, What have I done? Why have I come back come back to the UK? So but, uh, it, it did it turned out to be the best, one of the best summers I've ever had in ninety six. I think people can recall back then.
0: Yeah, that's it. And also, like I say, you qualified for the overseas final and you uh, finished third, I think you did, didn't you? Was it um, in that meeting? Uh
1: no, that was that was the it was a real annoying because that was the year of the, the solid block ties if you yeah. recall. And um, I kind of busted myself up, you know, a week before with my ankle. Uh, and I remember going to Coventry for the uh, practice and um, tried these solid block tyres. And I, I did one run. I was like, yeah, these are these are okay. Well, I don't know what, what the, what's everyone complaining about. And then I went back out there and I stuck it in the dirt. And I went straight through the fence. And I was, just like, <laughs> I was already on, I was already on crutches. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I wasn't too keen on these tires after that. Like I'm sure mm. I can assure you. But I like when the, there was a revolt at that meeting, and like I felt pretty bad because I'd been out of the sport for three years, and then all these boys were revolting, and I, you know, I kind of understood the rules and regulations that we signed up to, and I'm like, if I'm with you guys, I could get banned again, like, and I'm like, I don't really need this, you know. Yeah. So I, I was one of the riders. Like I said, you've got my support, but. I, I've had enough bureaucracy I, I don't need any more of this you know crap to I mean, say that but and so Calvin Tatum and and Ryan Sullivan were in you know world on the 21s and long track championships, so mm. they kind of um, didn't go with it either so we got we got seeded through to the the, uh, uh, um, the challenge so to speak mm. um, but yeah that that was it was it was frustrating I think Chris Manchester won that meeting anyway we, we ran the meeting mm. but the yeah, it had gone. It, you know, it it didn't mean anything, and like I was pretty deflated by this stage, and like so I was pretty well busted up as well. Mm. Um So, but yeah, it's, it's I remember Manny just smoking everyone that day. He was like just.
0: Going far. Mm. Yeah, because I've seen the meeting and I've uh you know, yeah, there was the revolt and things like that. Cause I think you ran it under the BSPA rules, I think it was that meeting, just so everyone could do the meeting, but it was the overseas final that never was because yeah. it was because of all the problems you had and things like that. But no, it's very interesting to hear that sort of thing, because I've asked a couple of other guys who've been on the show about the of block tires and what they thought about it. And of course they all said the same thing that you said. Absolutely ridiculous idea, should never have been thought of in the first place. But I think it was an Ollie Olsen kind of idea thing just to, to slow everyone down with on the new laydowns and things like that.
1: Yeah, we talk about slowing the sport down. Like, um, it's, I, I was in part of it um, this year for the World Under 21 Championships, and if anyone's ever been to part of it, you know, it's like such a historic racetrack. And in the one well, in the office there, they've got the wall from like, you know, day dot of all the winners and all the finalists, the six-man finalists, and their race times. And I, I'm sat there, and I'm, I'm looking at them. And it's, ironically, Hans Nielsen walks into the room. You know, not to name drop, but he did. <laughs> Climb. And, um, <laughs> and I, I went to Hans and said, Hans, have a look at this. He's like, what? I said, look at all these race times. Up until, like, where you and Eric, back in the mid-'80s, the race times haven't improved much. It was, like, you know, from the early 50s to the 60s, the 70s, they were all improving, like, two and three seconds mm. and then you got to the mid 80s and the race times that hands had won and Eric had won back the golden helmet back then were the same times as we did today so it's crazy to think we've evolved the sport we've come to these laydowns. everyone goes on there I had this that reckon the sport they're not actually faster
0: no they're not they're not um i, I just think that the, the the difference is that the power to the ground is a bit quicker but someone like part of bits you know you're never going to go faster than what the uprights are going to do because of the size of the track you know obviously if you go somewhere smaller it's going to be different but you go part of it, so you can do the proper upright gets a lay down and you'll still get a similar time every single time
1: yeah i think that the characteristics of the engines have changed i think the more the rideability of them has changed so like these boys are brave that race them now. because You've just got to pin it and you've just mm. got to hold it for four laps and you get it doled in, you're going to be quick. But if you don't, you're going to get a horrible ride, you know? And I think as well as some of the boys, you know, there's some nasty accidents because they're, they're cautious and they get it wrong and you know, they get out of shape pretty quick. So, but that doesn't mean it's a better spectacle. Mm. I think we kind of lost our way a little bit, you know, it's uh, we could certainly control it down, but like I said, it's, yeah, you're always trying to, you know, evolve and, yeah, But when you look at that, that was a classic example. Well, we've added all this expense, but we haven't actually involved.
0: No, yeah. we haven't. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Because um, I think Gerard Doncaster said the same thing on the show ages and ages ago about it. Because he then done, done the same thing. Because he was there for, I think, one of the anniversaries with all the old boys came along. And they all looked at the times and everything. And I think he said that he, he was like one second or two, one and a half seconds slower than what Dooley did the, the previous year or whoever won it the previous year. And you yeah. think that is crazy absolute craziness. So like you say, lay downs are maybe the, the, the best thing since sliced bread and things like that, but they, they haven't really changed. Nothing's really changed. Apart from, like you say, flat out is the best way. <laughs> More cost. Exactly. More, oh, unnecessary costs, I think sometimes, but that, that's just my opinion. But, uh, you know, it's the way it is. But I'm um, going back to obviously sticking with 96 for a little bit. I've got a bit of footage of you from the David Tapp series. um sure. You took part in. Um, I can't remember which round it was. It was, again, it had six riders in the race. So here you go. Nice, nice little nice little rare one here. Um, and uh, it's, it's the C final, unfortunately, because I think you just missed out on um, one of the, on, on the higher finals. Um, you're coming from the wide outside here on, with Peter Coulson on the outside of you. Um, but yeah, I think you've got like Charles and Malenko, uh, Andy Smith, I think might be in this one, and, and, and people like that. But did you, you used to enjoy doing the old um, David Tapp series?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that I was just a, a wild card, I think, on that particular night. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, the uh, Peter Carlson in front of me, so it must be some sort of C final, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, the big tracks in Aussie, they're, they're, they're pretty cool. I mean, Wavel Showgrounds, you know, it's such a spectacle. If anyone's ever been there, you know, such a pretty uh, stadium in the center of Adelaide, um, and they get, you know, massive crowds. Um, it was such a buzz. To, to be there i mean i think I think the following year i, I came second actually to, to jason crump in this this, this round of the, yeah. the championship but um yeah the the, the tap series you know, the international Masters series that was known special you know known as um was just a revelation you know it, it was kind of like only sort of rival to the, the Grand Prix series and it, it really sort of changed australian speedway um and probably the success for a lot of riders so like when they're bringing out you know, Rickardson and, and Hancock and all these top boys, I know they'd done it before, but they they weren't beating them. And, you know, Crumpy you know, Jason and Jason and Lee and that started to get a belief more um, by beating these European riders on the home shell that they carried that confidence into the um, into the Europe. So mm-hmm. there's was a, quite a lot of transition, you know, not just for, for you know, Australian public, but a lot for the Australian um, spirit riders
0: as well. You know, exactly. Yeah, because I can imagine, like, um, yourself learning from these really top-class riders can only better yourself for the following year or that, that, that season heading into Europe. But like I said, 96 was your good year. It sort of springboards you back into the, the British scene, really.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, yeah, I come out of nowhere, really, because no one sort heard, of heard of me. <laughs> and um, yeah, I was. But uh, yeah. no, it's a fun time. It's good fun. I mean, that tap series, like, I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't part of the tour at that particular time. And then I did a couple of seasons afterwards part of it. and, and that was a rush, mate. That was a proper rush.
0: I can was, imagine. I can imagine it was. With, but... um,
1: you know, some stories and best left off said, but um, yeah.
0: <laughs> like anyway. I said, I think I think has got to have an X-rated version as well as a clean version to tell some of these other <laughs> stories and things like that. Yeah, but yeah. Um, but then on to '97 was that so you went back to Paul. Um, when the new form, the Elite League, when it was a six-man team and uh, and things like that. Do you remember much of that season at all? Because I know you made the cup final against us Eastbourne boys and unfortunately you lost the cup final, I must say. But, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, it must have been a good year for yourself to be like established at a, at a club like Paul again.
1: Yeah, I did and so I got up to a heat leading stage there at, uh, at Pool, and like it was, it was a tough old league, you know that that particular year. I think it was, did you say ninety seven? Do you say
0: ninety seven? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I remember going to Eastbourne because like you know me and Martin Dugard, we kind of had a pretty much a bit of there's a bit of niggle there. I mean, for all Normy has niggle with a lot of people, normally <laughs> comes out top. Um, so it was quite a heated affair, um, but yeah, we we got. Smoked by the, the Eagles, you know, um, mm. down on the coast there, which was a bit, bit hard, bit of a pill to, to swallow, really, because we at the Pirates that year, we started off on form. Mm. I think that the, the pre season um, tournament, we, we smoked everybody, you know, on paper, we were favorites. We got through to the knockout cup final, we lost that. Mm. And sadly, I think we finished last or second last in the league. You know? I think it you did, yeah. <laughs> it's just what's going wrong here, you know, like Boise was like the, the man and Lars Gunnstedt and Skowie, you and we had such a good team. Mm. And um, we just didn't perform as a, as a group for some reason. Um, we had a fun time, but like you know, we didn't have no, no success. Nice. Two years, and I think two years in the trot was a, a pull. You know, we were favorites.
0: Mm. And, Nothing. No, no, <laughs> no. Nah, nah. But uh, that that that's, that year was um also when you had I think uh, Amanda Castani came in halfway through the season because like you said you had Skow you had Marvin uh, I think they either got injured or they just decided that was it that was enough or something like that maybe but um and I and I was a complete reshuffle towards the end of the season because I think you had a lot of problems.
1: Yeah, I think Cocker Cocker broke his leg. In all fairness, like ninety-seven, Cocker broke his leg, broke his femur, mm. uh, nasty crash Bob, with, running with like Wiggy and um coming out second best. And I, I think that was kind of what, you know, broke us down. We, we couldn't really replace, you know, Marvin. Mm. So we were kind of under strength from that point on. So, and, you know, like, Boise was in the Grand Prix's um, and, you know, his confidence was getting dashed because he sort of, like, he was killing on the league stuff, but his Grand Prix was sort of going backwards. Mm. Um, no, we're not going backwards, but like he just found it pretty hard, you know, after sort of coming third in the world a couple of years before. Mm. Um, so it's got to, like, it, it, you know, this wasn't the place to be, you know, and it was the last couple of seasons that Mervyn Stooksby Ansell for their promotion, and mm. they, in all fairness, they, they lost heart, they, they really had, you know, be, the previous years when I first joined, the place was buzzing, they were so excited, they were always doing something for the riders, it was, you know, a, you know, a real good environment to be in and all of a sudden, I wouldn't say it felt like a morgue, that's not the right words that I should probably use in Speedway, but it just had it lost its edge, you know, it just wasn't the same place, mm. and I, I know we went through the change from the track to the, um, the you know the, the small track again, and the stadium was getting refurbed, so that has a, an effect on obviously the the catering and, and mm. the, 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 you know, the public coming in. So there was probably reasons that you know that they kind of were struggling a little bit. And you know I think Matt Ford and um, Mike Mike um was it? Mike? I not think the guy from um, Somerset anyway. Yeah, they, no, they, they, it was
0: Mike Golding, wasn't it?
1: Mike Golding, yes. It, yeah. And, um, yeah, look, great man. And yeah. um, they came in, they, they injected a new, new batch of enthusiasm, but unfortunately mm. I crocked my leg at the end of 98. Mm. Um, I was out for eight months, so I, I didn't get to be part of their, their team or their plans after that. Mm. So um, and then they obviously went on to win the league.
0: Yeah, so, mm, yeah, <laughs> no, but it's because uh, you said the young two, like I said, 97 and 98 you did there. Of course, th- those two years were the six-man team years, you know, things like that. And then, of course, in 98 was the silly season with the suits and the helmet colours and all that sort of thing. Um What did you think of that idea? Do you think it was a good idea for Speedway at that time?
1: Uh, I mean... The lycra suits were pretty hideous weren't they really? they were <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think the concept was pretty cool but like mm-hmm. um yeah they they just didn't fit or feel right on, on on the out suit you know it's like um I mean they're doing another concept now that like it could work it's kind of a, a more more robust material but mm-hmm. you yeah, know as long as it's got sort of like velcro to stick to your inner suit so it doesn't sl- slip and slide you know it probably be you know be quite good um, but yeah, they, they've got to try things, you know, you can't, you can't knock them, but, but those, I, I can't remember what year it was, but I think it might have been 98, we had the Ghost Rider, so we had the six, six man teams in the yeah. Ghost Rider, and I remember that was the toughest league I've ever been in, you know, you you'd go to Ipswich, you'd have Gollum, you'd have Rickardson, you know, you'd have Lewis, you know, Nichols, yeah. it was just, you know, you know Coventry, you know, Anderson, Hamill, Hancock. Yeah. I remember my mechanic came away one night, and he's like, "You got eight points." And I'm like, "Man, I just rode my nuts off." And it's just like you looked at the program; every race I had a Hancock or a Hamill or an Anderson. It's just like you know, it was—it was a tough league. I think I ran like a, like an eight-point average, or just under an eight-point average that mm-hmm. year. So it was probably my best season, I think, before I got you know injured and went into a spiral of injuries Yeah. Um, that uh, I don't think I probably fully recovered from.
0: Yeah, because obviously say at night, yeah, you also managed to Think uh, qualified for the Intercontinental Final in Voyance as well that year. That that lovely, glorious, wet evening in Voines. Uh, there's a, there's a good photo I think of you and Jason Lyons coming together in, in, in one race, and uh, yeah, it did look a bit of a messy day.
1: That <laughs> that was just a disaster. Another another memory of a race from my my memory. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I think I had three ignitions failed in on one night. My that particular race, talking about it was I was sodden mate. It was yeah. restarted three times, oh, okay. and like you know. In the end I, I got excluded i was just like i was in front and i got taken <laughs> off from behind it was just like it was just yeah one to forget but boy always rains you should know better yeah with the wet tires but um yeah i mean apart from that on that the individual front it was disappointing because I, I went into that that meeting on pretty good form one of the one of the sort of fancy riders to go through to the grand prix mm. and, and it didn't happen you know and you know like you look back now and i was that's like probably the the best I, I i ever got i guess and um and, the, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm i not disappointed or, or bitter or, or, like, you know, I you know, wanted something different. I gave it my best shot. But, you know, I, I sort of obviously now as I'm team manager for the national team and we, we sort of I see the riders going to these events and, you know, I, I really hit home how, how difficult these, you know, these meetings are that these boys must prepare and, you know, prepare and prepare again and, and mm. not take them for, for granted because, they're few and far between you know, the opportunities to come. And, um, you know, it's it's like, I mean, I, I was speaking to Sam Masters and Brady Kurtz and I think Max Frick at the time and Vetland to the challenge. And that was their first attempt and they were a bit blasé, but I'm like, guys, you know, you've got to take this deadly serious. This is your chance. You know, you may not get this chance again. And as it turns out, you know, apart from Max, you know, you know Sam and Brady haven't had that chance again. I'm not saying they're not going to, yeah. but, you know, these opportunities, you know, come up pretty rare. And it's, you know, That's why the cream always rises to the top, I suppose. But um, yeah, it was was a tough era, and um, I think I come out. I I ran second, I think, to um, Peter uh, Peter, um, Brian Carger.
2: Brian Carger, yeah.
1: Charger, yeah. Uh, I think he won. He won the meeting. Um, mm. By the time I got from the bike half gone, but yeah,
0: yeah, tough days, tough days. But, yeah. oh yeah, because the the road to the Grand Prix was I think a lot tougher than what it is now. There's a lot, there was a lot more rounds to get to, like you say, the the, the challenge and things like that. And I I still prefer that the like the top eight or the, the the top or the lower ten, sorry, or the lower eight or whatever met the qualifiers who made it to the challenge and things like that. You know, that that's my opinion. Thought was a was a better concept rather than having only three qualified from the GP. Uh, Challenge to go through, I think, because then I think it also brings fresh faces into the, into the series as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I did the, um, I think it was Zelina Gore I think it might have been um, uh, the, the challenge. And I, I I really didn't sort of focus too much on because you got at the start of the season, you qualify from Australia, you know, you go <laughs> yeah. into the rounds, you're not thinking too much about, it. you honestly want to be a drawn pre rider. And I remember getting to that round and it's like, well, only three qualify, Are you kidding me. Mm. And, um, and it was just like, no, obviously I didn't qualify. Yeah. And um, and I was after that, I was like, you know what? This is this is not for me, you know. It's like I'm I'm you know, I'm not a defeatist, but I probably was throwing a lot of money at trying to be a Grand Prix ride, trying to be the best I could. And I was getting on, um, and I had after that I had a few years injury and I, I got to that, that, that event and I was just like, I must be my like twenty-nine maybe. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm either gonna Put everything into this to be a, you know, a Grand Prix rider or I'm going to start writing Speedway as a business. Um, and I kind of went the ladder mm. because I just felt, you know, I watch, you know, you know, some of these boys come through like Crumpy Sullivan and go on and, you know, kick ass and Todd should come back and make the Grand Prix. And I was just like, maybe, maybe I'm not good enough, you know, like you know, probably the harsh reality is I probably wasn't good enough or I just wasn't prepared to be good enough. Mm. And I I just made that pack there and then. I'm going to actually run my league. I'm going to be a league racer. I'm going to run a budget. I'm going to make money out of it. And that's going to be my operation. You know, I'll I'll go back to Australia and run the the odd Australian championships because I just enjoy going home and and, and seeing the family and, and, you know, basically paying for my trip to go home Mm. by doing a few few matches. Um, And that's, I I took a different, you know, stance in the sport, but I watched a few other riders carry on chasing the glory and just ending up with no money at the end of it. And so it's quite sad because I've got bloody talented riders, you know? So it's, it's, it's a tough sport sometimes.
0: Yeah, it is. And sometimes it's a harsh reality. You know, you've got to make a decision, you know, what, what do you want to do? Do you want to have a sort of a long career and, and have something at the end of it? Or just go for, like I said, go for glory and end up with possibly nothing, you know, at, at the end of the day from it. But, you know, in the, the day, you know, as long as you've got your health, you know, that's that's the main thing.
1: Yeah, that's why I struggled. I was so beat up. I not mean, <laughs> I went through about four years where I did about um, eight months of racing, mm-hmm. and I went from injury to injury to injury. And I, I, I remember I was at home and I went to the, my doctor, and you know, it's I, I guess when you look about now, you probably say it's a it's sort of a you know, a mental illness. But I, I, I remember just sitting there. I had to get some fluid drawn off my knee because I was having trouble with my knee,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I was like, I'm dead flat. I'm absolutely flat as a pancake. I, I don't. I've got no drive to do anything. You know, and I just I just had a shoulder reconstruction as well. And he just went, i got the man for you. And long story short, it turned out to be a sports psychologist. And I went and seen this guy. I had three visits with him. And I use his theory and his work, his ethic, and his, his advice to this day. Um, but, you yeah, know, I kind of I, I, I got hold of something, and I was just fortunate to just be the right person at the right time. And, you know, you, you see a lot of these people that struggle with mental illness, and it's, it's a hot topic right now. Mm. But, you know, I, I kind not of often wonder... You know, was I fortunate or was I just a bit more stronger? I, I don't know, but I, I, I went the right way um, and sort of it kicked on with my career. Like I said, I, I use that advice to this day. I only seen this guy three times mm. and, um, you know, it was just help, so helpful and just, you know, regenerated myself. And I, I came back to back to the UK and, um, you know, I, I think at that particular point, I was thinking about retiring. Mm. And I came back to the UK Oh, I was, right, I was a year, a year out, mm. completing year out because the injuries just get get fit, and I thought I'll come back to the UK to do do a couple more years. You know, uh, I think I did it another twelve.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, a few more clubs on the Bell, Because obviously, after that time in '98 with Paul, you had a, a, a went to Eastbourne, and then you did a I think finish the season off at Hull at the end of that year. Because obviously, again, that was the year that TV came into the British League, which again was yeah, yeah. it was a huge thing at the time. But um. Did you enjoy your time like at Eastbourne, and then going to Hull for that season?
1: Uh, it's, it's like come back to Eastbourne. Like it was, it was really funny because I like, said so we had the been uh, Martin had the sort of you know niggle down there, and then they ended up signing me. So I, I find that I found that quite bizarre. But uh, unfortunately, the, the very first meeting um, I came back, I, we had a big crash. Actually, funnily enough, it was with Jason Crump and Ryan Sullivan, um, uh, and I actually no, that was that kind of I mean. But I remember I dislocated my shoulder in the turn. I only kind of sub-dislocated, but I just wasn't myself. You know, I just, you know, you subconsciously as a, as a racer, you know, when you're not feeling it, the, the, the mind plays games on you. And just like you're thinking you're twisting the throttle, but you're not. You're just not that committed. And I, I was very inconsistent. You know, I think I went to Peterborough at three wins and a duck and something like that. And I think they, they dropped me. Um, and that's why I ended up at Hull. And um yeah, I ended up I busted my wrist. Um you know, it's, it's funny, like you have omens sometimes. <laughs> I was on the plane coming back from Sweden and I actually rang Braham Jones, the team manager from the plane, thought it was pretty cool, you know, using the old plane phone.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and um and cost me an arm and a leg, that did. But uh I, I had like trap wind, I didn't know what it was. I was just, yeah. like, I can't ride, I can't ride tonight and um I, I probably should have pulled out. I got to the track and luckily the the, the trap wind, you know dissipated or like went away right on, on, on parade. So I was like, oh I'm okay. So I raced a, a couple of wins and then I got you know, me and uh, Javi had a bit of a thing done and I went through the fence and broke my wrist. So
0: um, yeah, I probably should have stayed at home. Yeah, and that, that was kind of like the end of that season, then probably, you know, and that was it. But then, obviously, then after that, and you moved on to, to Oxford in 2000. Um, and uh, it must have been nice to obviously be again with the purchases and things like that, you know, being like around a, a nice sort of like little family of of a promotion and a good group of riders to be around. So, I think was, was John O at the team at the time and things like that.
1: Yeah, John O Lee was there. I mean, to be fair, I think that was another, I don't, another year out, believe it i had a mm. few years out. Yeah. And uh, Lee was the one that actually convinced me to come back that particular time. Mm. And um, I went to Oxford. Yeah. You know, we started off well, but there again, I, I had, I struggled with injuries. Um, and I think oh, we talking about 2003, two, are we now? now?
0: Uh, well, you say so you went to 2000 and then you had a year out in 2001 and then you came back in 2002, I think.
1: Right. Yeah. Oxford.
0: yeah. So, cause yeah, that's when yeah. like you say when that's probably when Lee convinced you, that's when Lee was at the club it was in 2002. Right.
1: So. Yeah. I remember that. So, um, yeah, it was a pretty mediocre comeback, I'll be quite honest. I, I, I remember going to the tapes, the first against Coventry, home and away, and um, I, I, my top scored uh, the first night at Oxford against Coventry. Mm. And uh, next night I'd, I'd had two wins and I was coming second and uh, Ryan Fisher <laughs> nailed me from behind. <laughs> and I remember the, the headaches. I had a headache for the whole season. Mm. And I don't really remember much of that season Uh, I probably shouldn't have raced again Mm. that season um so I kind of come back on a a high and then it it kind of went bush and being pretty stubborn like I I could be back then with I was I was a pretty strong pain threshold I, I just carried on like a you know an idiot really um and um yeah probably didn't do my career any good and probably got into a bad rut and it wasn't the best season for me um but, you know, I saw I was back racing. It was, you know, high, high, high league and, you know, mm. that was pretty cool. And then that left me, I think I went to Somerset. I think I, I was out, out of a job then basically because yeah. um, you know, no, no one came in for me And after uh, 2003. And then, you know, unfortunately Mario Root got, um, broke his neck mm. um, and Somerset needed a replacement. So I think I came in on like 1198 average or something <laughs> like that. And so I just snuck me under the conversion.
0: Yeah, yeah. uh, That's when you started your sort of like Premier League career then really, wasn't it? You know, that's when you sort of started dominating the Premier League, really. Then, of course, the other boys started, I think, coming down because obviously they're in a similar situation as you. um, But obviously later on you had people like Magnus Zettestrom you were rode against, you know, people like that in in the team and stuff like that. So, you know, it must have been a a good time for yourself because obviously building your confidence back up and going racing and winning races was probably the most important thing to yourself.
1: Yeah, I mean, I probably thank my father-in-law for probably encouraging me to go to the second league um, at the time. Um, You know, I don't know if you know who my father-in-law was, it was Tom Owen. Um, Oh, was it? Okay. obviously, him and his Mm -hmm. brother were like, yeah, were like the stars of the second league and, you know, Mm -hmm. they were pretty good in the first league when they raced. Um, But he he made a pretty good career out of the the second division, being the top dog, you know. Um, So... The conversations I probably had with him probably influenced me somewhat to, to give that a crack. Mm. So that was kind of – that was the transition time for me, really. Um, and, you know, like I said I, I didn't have a team come in for me. I'd actually just – I think I'd gone to Sweden. Um, and then the, the unfortunate incident with a Mario, I got, I got a late call-up for, for Somerset, um, and that's where it went. And it wasn't that particular year, but I think the year after I think, when I moved to to, to Exeter. Mm. Um, and I, you know, I certainly then became the, the journeyman. Because it was a, you know, a long, long trek from you know, from the, the northwest where I've been
0: based. Yeah, yeah, it's not exactly like your local track to come to, is it? Really, to go to Exeter, but it must have been a great track to go to because obviously you know it's not everyone's favourite track, but um, I'm sure it was a track that suited you.
1: Yeah, I mean your, your biceps grew about an inch you know, over the course of the season racing down the county grounds, but um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I got Mike Spearpoint. Uh, you know, became you know a long time, you know, long time sponsor and you know a lifetime friend. Um, so they were really good to me, and they kind of got me down there with um, Colin and uh, basically uh, Colin Hill. And um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it down there. You know, I think young Mark Simmons and Cole they gave me a bit of a hard time when I first went into, the, into their camps. So it was their domain, but you know, we, we had a quite successful season. I mm. uh, won the Premier Trophy, so we, we did it for Colin. Because mm-hmm. he was all of that year and passed away, so that was pretty sad. And then, obviously, in two thousand and five was the last year at the County Grounds. But yeah, it was a pretty special place, the County Grounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, it never it never bothered me being an Aussie racing because we we race on you know car tracks that you know mm-hmm. clay and you know solid concrete. You know, have no forgiveness at, at all. Mm-hmm. So you, your mentality doesn't even think about the fence, so to speak. But it had that nice undulating kind of. Back, you know, the main straight, and if you if you come off turn four, right, you just got a nice little, rrr, rrr, rrr. yeah. And if, if you didn't, you got all crossed up, and you've seen some nasty ones, uh, guys pile
0: into the first turn there. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, good times. Oh yeah, I can imagine it was good times. That um, obviously they said you were there for two seasons, and that you were there for that final season. You know what was that sort of emotion like then? Did you know at that time that it was going to be the final season? Did you not find out till a bit later on in the season?
1: Yeah, be- yeah. No, we, we knew we knew from word go that It was the last last year because the, the rugby club were moving. Um, I mean, I had a pretty busy year. And I, I remember that particular meeting because I, I was going pretty good around there, and I I I've never I've heard guys talk about being burnt out from mm. from racing, and I never experienced. And I remember being so fatigued at the end of two thousand and five. Um, you know, it, it just like you know, I don't think I raced that 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 summer at home. I just had to take take time off. I was proper burnout. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you know, I did those few extra meetings down there. Um, but yes, it was it's such a shame. I mean, we saw. Well, I want to say such a shame. We, we saw the great Ivan Major. You know, do the, the last laps around mm-hmm. the counter ground. That was pretty cool. Um, he flogged himself out though because he was like he was out there practicing all afternoon and when he actually had to do his final four laps he was getting wider and wider and wider so yeah it was was quite funny
0: yeah getting more and more tired probably just going around but uh, yeah I mean it's just such such a shame that that track had to go because like you say it was a one-off a a unique sort of track and everything but um, I do have I could really expect a bit of footage from that meeting, that last meeting, the Indy Vera one. Unfortunately, you didn't quite make the final that, that night. Um, you just, I think, just missed out by a couple of points to make the semi-finals. Um, but this is your your sort of race that uh, um, you managed to win. You managed to win this one, um, which was kind of cool. To say that you have actually managed to win sort of like a, a meet, a, one of the races at the last meeting sort of thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, you come off gate number one, and you got, uh, I think, Danny Warkoff. Two, and then you got Sean McConnell, and um, I don't know who was on the outside of the of gate four in on this one, but um, yeah, it was still good, still good. Talking both those
1: spectators towards the fence,
0: that was what was so crazy, yeah, you know, But uh, I think it's the Pedson of Gate number four, but um, yeah, I mean, just, just watching yourself, it looks like you actually loved it and suited you down to the ground, like you say, from the old Aussie days where you just ride close against the fence anyway, yeah, that's
1: pretty cool. I mean, that going in the turn three was so cool. Uh, up to the fence and
0: sometimes bounce off the fence yeah and then sort of go down across the whoops as you go down the straight and and things like that but uh how dark was it yeah (laughs) it was a little bit darker than what we're used to nowadays but uh you know of course you couldn't see the fence because obviously was cut plastered in in dirt and things like that but uh no it must have been like i say a a fantastic track to run a good good home track advantage as well you must have had there
1: yeah, no, exactly. A lot of guys come there and they were pretty much defeated. Um, but like, the, I think that the, the Falcons never really put a, you know, a team together that were good at, on the road. And um, you know, I mean, they won the championship you know, a couple of years before, but we went and won the, 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 the trophy that, that year mm-hmm. against, uh, I mean, the finals against Reading. Matty Zagar was the hot kid on the, on the, on the track at the, at the time. Mm-hmm. So it was a pretty heated sort of uh, playoff final with them guys. But yeah, no, that is a pretty special place. But like, you know, look at that. that the night
0: that was packed to the rafters, um, about 8,000 people there, yeah, yeah, it was not it was nice, and obviously, again, like to they say, to see the uh, sort of the glory days of X to sort of come back, you know, a little bit, you know, and things like that, you know, with uh, they say that with the crowd, and of course, some of the old guys like Scott back laverna was there, you know, and uh, probably they were all saying to you, well, how do you ride it now? Do you ride it any different to how we rode it, sort of thing. <laughs>
1: I don't know, just in fact, it was just a comic, wasn't He was so fun fun guy to be around, so we miss him really.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, 100%. Yeah. But um, obviously... Louis, Louis,
1: Coffin, Louis Coffin was always in the pits, What want jet you're on it. What
0: jet you got? And Tell you what he wrote, sort of thing, and that was it. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. But um, obviously after that sad year of, of 2005, he moved on to Stoke in 2006. Um, so a bit Probably closer to home than you have been for the last few years. But um, okay. did you enjoy yourself at Stoke? Was it a nice time to be there?
1: Yeah, I remember like, when we finished at um, Exeter, I actually rang, I actually rang Chris Morton and I actually rang um, Dave Tatum, mm. and I just like, I want to come somewhere where I don't have to travel. I'm just done, done with the traveling. Mm. Um, anyway, I did a deal with with, with uh, Dave to go to Stoke, and had a pretty good year there. Um, and then at the end of the season, I end up, uh, I was signed as the number eight for Reading. Bulldogs mm. yeah. and um Annie Smith got cropped. So I ended up doing taking his rides for the rest of the season then. And so I did a lot of lot of meetings for Reading, so I was doubling doubling up mm. um so to speak. Well I was the number eight actually, but I wasn't actually doubling up. Mm. Um but because I was mate got called in when Annie got injured. Um, you know, so I, I and I kind of I kind of kick started my career again. Mm. And that particular time, um just down at exit i bought a house and we're doing up a renovating an old victorian house in southport and i'd kind of just basically I, instead of trying to think 24 7 speedway mm. i just took my my mind that gave me something to preoccupy preoccupy my my time mm. and i kind of rekindled my career again you know it <laughs> kind of it, it kind of gave me a real a new spark so when i went to the racetrack it was like i was you know relieved to get out there and get out of the overalls and you know, from working and grafting on the house, mm. um, you know, because we, we restored it, re, you know, from top to bottom, you know, nineteen eight, wasn't eighteen ninety five, you know, Victorian um, house, and uh, so went to Reading and that that just kicked on. We had such a fun time down there, and you know, unfortunately, we lost the league by one solitary point, mm. and then uh, I think the following year I went back full time into the top league, into the the elite league, so. Mm. And that was that was it was Stoke. I mean, I would have happily have stayed at Stoke, but at that particular time, you know, I wasn't allowed to double up or double down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to make that commitment, and I got a deal to go back up to to Elite League with Reading, and you know, I, I took it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that was the most. It's probably still the most dramatic playoff final in history, I think, in the elite, in the top league anyway. Because obviously, like I said, I think, uh, was it Reading won on the first leg at Reading? And then all of a sudden, uh, you win in at Peterborough, then the dreaded two golden doubles comes in, and then you'd end up losing it by a point overall. And it's, it, was, it was great for... Four,
1: four black and white helmets. Four so black and, and whites overall. They, they used two at our place, and then they used two at their own place. I mean, like it, when you look back now, it's just ridiculous. You know, we mm-hmm. should have walked that meeting you know, or that, that championship, and uh, we got, you know, yeah. You know, I, I guess it played into the hands of the TV, and, you know, it made it come to the last heat, it was, you know, it was so exciting, and I mean, i mean, Heat 14, I remember Greg coming up, come on, go and win this race, because we can clinch the title, and I remember being with Charlie, and Charlie get around Peter, he hated the place, and <laughs> we kind of, uh, we were in a 3-3 situation, and Charlie was kind of right in mid-track, and I had um, I forget it was behind me, but uh, Richard uh, Richard Hall, oh, he, really? was, he was climbing up the fence, left, right, and center, and, and I, I started coming around. I'm like, oh, I'm going to just use the racetrack, as you normally would use the racetrack. I'm like, if you're brave enough to go around me, like good luck to you. Well, he was foolish enough to try and go around me, and he, he's, we, we clashed, and he hit the fence, and he come off, and you know, I got excluded. So that kind of basically made it come down to a last heat decider, which um, you know, history shows that we uh, we didn't win that one. So. Um, that was a, you know I, I have a lot of meetings I want on array, you know, like <laughs> yeah
0: the- yeah and th- there's me bringing it all back again <laughs> <you know? laughs> but no but obviously that time especially 2006 when you had the likes of you had greg yanis kolodze matty Zega, you know um like i say smudger was in the team you know a great a great lineup you know sam samota you know you know people like you think that is all paper that is a bloody good team really if you look at it and if you put it in, like nowadays like a few years later on down the line sort of thing, you could still say that's the team that could still do something like nowadays, maybe if they're all still riding. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
1: back then England, England was still the place to be, you know, um, or Britain, I should say, it was still the place to be. Um, and that's the sort of the downfall. We lost the top stars you know, a number of years after that. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a tough league. You know, it, it certainly was, um, you know, you didn't get any easy, any rides, you um, yeah, just really step it up and um, probably the fan base was probably pretty spoiled, I suppose. Um, I, they would love to have them sort of calibre riders here now. Um, we've still got some good ones, don't get me wrong, but we don't have the depth that they had back then. So... Uh, yeah,
0: those names. Yeah, you know, I forgot about Janoskod. It's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You forget all those sort of they were sort of like kids when they came to this country, and yeah, all of yeah. a sudden they don't come back for a while. And yeah, but um, no. Then obviously, I think two thousand seven was a was a year of struggle for Reading after that sort of year. I think it was remember rightly because uh, I think I think you were down at Eastbourne like one of the first few meetings of the year. There was a big old long night. I think a lot of carnage happened in the first in that first meeting um, and things like that. But you know, I think because that was the time was with um, BSI were kind of involved, weren't they? um at the time and things like that so what was it like with those guys sort of running the show was it were they good to run the show
1: yeah they're fantastic you know they're, they're running the sport the way it should have been ran um but i think they they probably just felt they got let down that you know they, they couldn't get people to go along with them um and you know it's they they, they came in they're inventive they they want to adapt they they, they want to put a show on And i think they just got worn down by the by the 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 politics of the sport you know and um you know we see this from time to time and and that's got to change you know the only way that's going to change if it becomes independent you know it's not managed by within the the club's uh, owners and operators so if we can see that change you know i I would imagine you would probably get more investors like you know possibly getting back into the sport and you know Mm. wanting to invest and see you know and get a return out of the sport but yeah that was that was some pretty cool times you know i i wasn't part of them when they they brought in all the, the fancy fiberglass I, I came in the tail end of that mm. but yeah they, they they got the bulldog and they, i mean that sort of went didn't go down too well did it because of the reading no, races no. And, <laughs> and that was the first thing they did when when mark leg uh mark leg you know took the, the club over the, in 2008 they changed it back to the races and mm. the tradition which was you know, it was a shame, but. Like, it sort of had to be done, but um, you know, that in 2008 was the last year, obviously, for the races, which is a real shame. But no, John Possible and, and the crew, um, you know, they, they did, did a great job. Like, Torben Olsen was part of that, um, you know, it was, it was great, great fun, it was just a real fun time, mm. and you know, they, they put on a pretty mean show.
0: It sounds like it's like the, the Grand Prix consortium basically took over Reading it sounds like to me you know that sort of thing like I said Torben Olsen you know they're still involved with the GP nowadays you know it's like that, that was their stepping stone and then uh, they got their jobs in the Grand Prix then after that maybe but um obviously then they said 2008 was unfortunately the last year for Reading which uh it's an unfortunate pattern for yourself because obviously the last uh, uh, being part of the Exeter team in 05 part of the uh, part of the Reading team in 08 you know it was kind of uh, unfortunate for yourself
1: yeah, whole there's a, there's a list of host of teams that I've, I've got you know, closed down over the years. So <laughs> it's, it's a death limo, they call me. So, yeah, it's a real a real shame, you know, to lose Reading. You know, like uh, it's just it's that, you know had a lot of history there as well. Mm. Um, you know, I, 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 for me when I first came to the UK, I remember seeing Per Johnson and Jeremy Doncaster and, and you know Jan Anderson ride right around that place, and you know, even Amanda Castagna and mm. Donkey and that Jeremy Doncaster, just like wow seeing these superstars and in my eyes um around that that place and yeah real real shame I and mean, it's a shame I've, I've driven past it a couple of times down and they mm. haven't done anything with the, the land or hasn't been developed so well, I've not been past for a few years but um yeah I mean, I assume it's probably still the same bloody mm. shame
0: yeah, because I think I've, I've promised a lot of things which never came to fruition and things like that, which is which is so unfortunate for both Speedway and the Greyhounds at the time, which were there as well. You know, so it was again, it's a, a multi-purpose stadium, which everyone lost sort of thing. But um, then obviously, then you moved on to yourself and you moved on to Newport. Um, I think it was for the start of the o9 season, but then obviously, then you moved on to, to Newcastle later on in the year. Um, so how was your sort of time with Newport then before you went on to, to Newcastle then?
1: Well, I thought it was pretty good until I got, got, got released, you know. And uh, um, Yeah, I was the number one there and, like, top on the averages. And, you know, we, we, we lost, you know, Craig Watson early in the piece with an injury, which was a, a real blow to the team because, like, what are around that place was dynamite. Um, and we, you know, I was having, I, oh, I'll confess, I was, you know, I was having a pretty inconsistent time, you know. But, you know, not many, many riders, like, number ones go through this whole season where they, everything goes to plan, you know. But, you know, over the course of the season, they're still the number one average proves it and uh anyway they decided to, re- to release me you know it was you know, pretty horrible the way they did it you know they didn't tell me i was the last one to know um and um you know so i i went to to newcastle i had you know fortunately i had a few clubs on the, on the phone straight away you know i was sort of a bit sort of down about about what happened um and you know I, I kind of weighed it up and i, I, I chose newcastle and was, i can't remember the particular reason why but um i'm sure it was probably money but um, <laughs> probably but i went to, to to newcastle and uh it was probably the best thing i did you know you know talk about like sort of rejuvenate yourself again mm. and I, I i kicked on you know i um sort of it's a track newcastle I, I i never raced newcastle that that often but whenever I did, I always found it at ease on the track. You know, the, the, the type of track kind of suited my style: long, long straights, tight turns. I could kind of whiz into the corners, no problem, wasn't? You know, mm-hmm. No fear, really. Sort of I was quite brave on those sort of types of tracks. Not not scared to turn it um, mm-hmm. when you had to. So went there, and I think they were bottom of the league at the time. And Newport was second bottom. <laughs> and by the end of the season, Newport were bottom, and we 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 came third. Mm. so uh, it was kind of like i think i went back there and I, I maxed out home and away against
0: newport so it was kind of like yeah have, have some of that guys yeah <laughs> sort of rub sort of the wound sort of thing you know thinking that this yeah. is what you've missed out on sort of thing but then obviously you spent with newcastle for quite a few years till till 2012 um picking up i think uh was it your second place after the. the- uh lose to Edinburgh in the playoff final, I think in one year as well, wasn't it? And then uh what was it also Premier Trophy and also the Premier Shield you picked up in your time with Newcastle. So it was quite quite a successful time you had
1: there. Yeah, I think we won about four major trophies in, in the time I was there. Um yeah, it was ironic we, we won the, the home and away league and that's when they brought those to the playoffs in. Mm. Um so it was just typical. Yeah you know, and then we went to Edinburgh on a very rainy night and uh, we actually we we over the, the two legs we drew and it's the first time that we hadn't ever been staged in the UK at the, the Golden Heats. Oh, yeah. um, I don't know if you're aware of them, but like mm-hmm. if you're on an aggregate final, if you, you, you level it, you draw, you go to the Golden Heats. And it'd been raining, it'd been raining at Edinburgh pretty much the whole meeting. <laughs> and um, and I, I remember going ballistic. People must have thought I was a psychopath. <laughs> but um, I, I was pretty much trying to get the meeting called off. You know, a couple of reasons. You know, obviously we, I wanted to win. And yeah. we could get two more paychecks, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they carried on. And I remember the referee Dave Robinson come down. He's like, "What, what, what rain? What rain?" It's just like it was just. Hang <laughs> <going> on. <you> know, <laughs> I was like, "Mate, you need to get your glasses fixed or, or wipe them." Yeah. Um, and we, we did these golden heats. And I, I remember going out with Rennie back, and uh, we, I we I was last. I managed to get past Ryan Fisher, and Rennie was in front. And I'm like, "We've got it. We're going to win the league, you mm-hmm. beauty." Last corner, Rennie got tied, Matt, Maddie was <laughs> lasting you know, on the line. Um, and then we, unfortunately, we didn't have any backup. So it was game over. Mm. Um, Edinburgh won the league that year. And it was, it was pretty, pretty hard. Another one, bit of pill to swallow. Yeah. But uh, like I said, we had, we, we run, run quite well. We had Rennie back and um, Kenny Larson. Mm. When, I, when I went to Newcastle, I remember going and I'm like, uh, I, I remember coming back and I'm like, i seen these two kids and I'm like, boy, these kids have got a future. Mm. Um, they only young, young Danish kids that come over, and, and they're brave as like ten men, and just fast, super fast. So I had to step it up to keep up, keep up with these young kids, you know, because I'm the tail end of my career, and these these are just starting. So we had a pretty cool time. there we to try and make heat fifteen, you couldn't drop a point during a meet, you, <laughs> you were out, you weren't getting to heat fifteen. So it was a pretty intense time, a great bunch of rivalry. Um, yeah, I, I think they thought I was, that I was pretty dark on them, pretty hard on them, but I think when well, I look back now, I was actually trying to help them, but mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, they made, you know, young kids look in a different sort of way, but yeah, we had a really good good couple of seasons up there, quite successful, and then um, yeah, unfortunately, in 2012 was my last season and um, uh, I was pretty gutted, I've never been so gutted to be uh, released and not uh, join, rejoin the team, mm-hmm. you know, and I think when they you know, Darrell told me probably in December. He kept me hanging until December, um, which pretty much all the other teams were sort of built. And I was just like, we're letting you go. And I was like, you, you what? You know, like he never once gave me any indication that he was going to let me go. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I was pretty cut by that, to be quite honest. So I, so I thought I was going to see my career out at Newcastle. Um, and uh, but I, I, really you know, apart from that, you know, I, I really enjoyed my time there. It's one of one of my sort of. Fondest memories in the sport being back up in the, the northeast because I, I started up there, obviously, mm. and then um, yeah, so that was pretty cool.
0: So. Yeah, and obviously, like so you say, you have these young kids snapping at your ankles, sort of thing. You know, trying to keep you on your game as well. You know, obviously, brings yourself and makes you want to be hungry to go. Yeah, I can beat these kids. These kids don't know how to beat me yet, sort of thing. You know, and that sort of thing. But unfortunately, those guys didn't have quite fulfill their potential in the end. But, you know, it's still because I think at that time, the Danish under-21 team was one of the strongest in the world. I think you had uh, Peter Kilderman come through that sort of time as well and, and a few other young kids. So, again, Denmark was on the up at that point as well.
1: Yeah, I remember when Peter Kilderman came out to Workington, he was, like, so stylish. You know, I mean, we got a sign him last year at Bellevue and we didn't get the chance to see him because of the pandemic. But he was so, like, flamboyant. And I remember when they come to Workington, came to Newcastle, and I think I'm, I maxed out my four heats and Kenny and, and Rennie got beaten by Kilderman. And George, English team manager, goes, I think we might let Kenny and Rennie take heat 15 if you don't mind. And I'm like, let <laughs> him go for it. You know, like, like <laughs> PK was on fire. And um, I, I actually wanted to watch that race between them guys. And I think yeah. PK won the race. Um, but yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. It's just, I mean, it's a fun, good, good time when you see that, that, that sort of vibrancy and the competitiveness, you know, and... Um, in, the, in that side but like I said I was at the end of my career kind of like I was could, could appreciate mm. you know, the, the sport a bit more I guess but uh, yeah that was, that
0: was pretty cool yeah and obviously after to say unfortunately being released by Newcastle by the sounds of it they're probably trying to keep you keep you, keep you to try and fit you in with the points limit maybe and all of a sudden because they want to keep these other young kids maybe it's just the case of that you know maybe they had to let them go unfortunately because obviously they wanted to obviously have those previous seasons where you had so much success you know they probably wanted to keep you but again it's just the numbers game that probably just pushed you out a little bit
1: yeah numbers finance whatever. what it could have mm. been um, you know, obviously their, their bills were getting stacking up obviously because they you know brought, brought a young team in and they all improved i guess and you know the those boys wanted more money i guess so but they, they went they went in that direction which is fine mm. um you know it's, it's that's the nature of the beast um but yeah so that that was my my time there done mm. um and then i think i, I went back obviously at home uh, to aussie uh, i think i raced i oh, know that year before was my last Australian championship. I did, I, I broke my back. So, mm. yeah. So, yeah, I had a season come back from broken back. I don't know if I played on it, but I don't think it did. But mm. it's um, it was a tough time, you know,
0: physically on my body. Obviously, again, in 2012, before we moved to 2013, was that you managed to win the Victorian State Championship as well in that year, um, which was, I think, the third time that you won it. Um, so, it must have obviously felt good to you leading up to that sort of year with, with Newcastle, you know, win a, another state championship.
1: Yeah, I went, I went home... Um, uh, early, basically, um, Lee Adams had a serious accident. Um, you know, Practising for a desert race, and yeah, and sort of in a wheelchair. So we had a um, sort of a benefit meeting for for Lee. So I, I, I went home really just to see family, and um, I did that meeting. Uh, and a, a couple of weeks later, one of the state championships was at Madura and they asked me if I'd, I'd do the meeting, and I was like, I've got a bike here. You know, I've already sort of brought some gear on to do. do These match so I might might as well have a crack at it Mm. and uh, yeah, I won that one so that was a big I I didn't ride many state championships because the money was never any that that good and when the Grand Prix coming you didn't need to qualify for the Australian championships so the the system had changed Mm. so I I didn't really race too many state championships for the last 10 years so I think my first one was like 93s and my last one in 2012 so a bit of a gap between the first I won a couple one in between and Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, that, that was that was fun. That was an enjoyable time because I, I also got to race in front of you know my nieces and my nephews, which I I hadn't done before, um, you know, apart from the Australian Championship, mm-hmm. which I had a broken back.
0: Yeah, it's obviously nice to rise in front of family to show them what, that you can do it and what you are capable of doing, you know, things like that. But obviously, coming back to England in 2013, um, I don't know whether or not you started the season or not, but you ended up running for Plymouth, I think it was in, in that season. Um, and at least getting some sort of rides but maybe not quite enjoying it as much as you did the previous year.
1: Yeah, no, Plymouth was, you know, I, I had a bit of fire in the belly. You know, I, I wanted to prove Newcastle wrong and um, and we, we started off pretty good down at Plymouth. We had a, we had a pretty solid team. We had a good, good bunch of lads, you know, Corey Gallicol, and you know, Ty, uh, Ty Na- uh Ty Proctor, mm. you know this Todd Kurtz, like you know Jake Allen's pretty much an all Australian team. Yeah, and um, so that, that was good. That was good fun. But uh, you know, I, I, I signed. You know, ironically, I actually resigned to go back there,
2: mm.
1: um, even though the journey was killing me because I, I would leave my home in Southport at nine nine a.m. in the morning and sometimes not get to the track till like seven p.m. So the traffic, you know, so it was horrendous. You know, i had young gp sam haynes on the, on the tools for you know his first time as a mechanic and um and i nearly i nearly killed him <laughs> while traveling um so it what it, i think it actually took a lot out of me i'll be yeah. honest because you know, i'm a tail enemy tree i'm like 40 40 odd now 41 and um doing all those miles um but you know, there's the, a the, 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 the fun little track down the same um mm. One fight, one yeah.
0: Trackers. I think Spotify, like it's bonfire that's cool, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, and yeah, it's, it's a neat little track. Oh, I'm so cool, it's so cool to see them actually in the um, in the, the championship now. Mm. So, uh, stepping up, but yeah, so they, they I signed for them and they they released me because they 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 stuffed up their numbers mm. and they said, Oh, can you come back in six weeks' time when the, the averages change? And I'm like, No, I'm not <laughs> doing that, you know, I'm not playing the mug. And uh, Gordon Pearman uh, from Glasgow c- convinced me to to join Glasgow. Um, and I don't know if that was probably a mistake. I probably should have just hung the boots up, mm-hmm. um, but I, I struggled. I, I really did struggle at, at, up there. And just as I sort of, you know, I was doing my own engines as well. I was doing the team manager's job for Australia. I was washing my own bikes. I was just trying to do too much, you know? And it wasn't really given the race you know, the, and the, I wasn't cutting it short, but I just, uh, you know, I, I just asked too much for myself. And then um, my, my dad wasn't well in Australia at a particular time and they, they released me and I was like, oh, that's it, I'm done. I'll just go home. And, you know, Middlesbrough or Red Car um, asked me to join in for the rest of the season. Um, when So I, that's why I ended up doing it. Like, I actually felt it was quite fitting because, like, you know, my first full <laughs> season for, for Middlesbrough and the Bears uh, to come back and race for the Bears and at the end of my career. And I I, I, knew, I knew then oh, that was it. I'm, I'm, I'm finishing. I didn't I didn't tell anyone. I just cracked on and, and tried to enjoy it as best I could and, and you know I was still riding in a heat leader in mm. my career so that was, was you know the average wasn't so crash up but,
0: <laughs> but no but they like say it has gone a complete full circle you know you start there and you finish there like I say it's quite fitting really under okay under a slightly different name but it's still the same still still same place sort of thing but uh, yeah obviously you must have like had a special place in your heart to go back to, to go to red car then
1: yeah, I mean, I, I got took under my wing by like Brian and Pauline Swales and their family, mm. and like you know, I, I class them as family to, to this day. Um, and obviously, we lost Brian a couple of years ago, so that's um, pretty sad. But uh, yeah, it was it was nice to go back there, and I spent a bit of time at their place, and yeah, it just it just felt natural, to be quite honest. And um, it's quite, I think, because the pressure was off off mm. me completely because I, I knew what I was doing. Uh, I was just seeing that. but like, so I, had, I had other things going on in my life, so. It was it was time to, to hang up the boots and um, that was the end of that. And then if you call, I, I had my farewell back in Australia. Um, but my my body it told me, in all fairness, I, mean, I remember doing a meeting guest for um, Kingsley down at Eastbourne. I went from Edinburgh, Friday night to to Eastbourne on the Saturday, and. I remember my mistress going to me, uh, "You gonna get out of the van or what?" I'm like, "I can't, I'm stuck." <laughs> <laughs> my buddy had just gone like frozen, my back, my back had gone into spasm, and I was just like, "Oh no!" And uh, I raced that meeting; and it was bloody horrible.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: so I kind of knew it was, it was time, but uh, then, I, then, I, then I found hot yoga. But then <laughs> when, I, when I retired, and then uh, I went back to Australia and did my farewell meeting, and that went quite well. I was just like, "What have I done? i have retired." I've, <laughs>
0: but I could have carried on, end on the high sort of thing, you know. But obviously, after your, your long and luscious career of racing, you t- came into management. But obviously, first of all, it was the Aussies. You uh, had team manager of the Australian team. So how did that sort of come about? Because obviously, at the time, you were still racing as well.
1: Yeah, Boise was the current team manager, and he rang me up one day, and I thought, oh man, yes, he's going to call me back to the the national team. And the test matches were coming up, and he's like, no, 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 I want you, I want you to take over my job. You know, I was like, what? <laughs> Because I don't want you to ride, I don't want you to want you managing. Like bugger, so it broke my heart. Um, but I must confess, he did ring me up a couple of weeks later and actually asked me to write in the test match, and I would actually I turned it down. Um, I said like it's time to to give these young guys a crack, you know. And and then he goes, that's why you're going to be the next team manager. And um, <laughs> so it, I, I didn't accept the job. I actually didn't want the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was you know I was still riding at a particular time because this is probably 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, So I still raced for another three years. And, um, yeah, so I kind of went back to Australia and, you know, the the chief exec in Murray's Island, Australia, flew me down to Melbourne and um, sat me down and said, we we want you to take it over. We we want you to take it over. Um, So I went away and thought about it and, you know, know, I I did accept the role and that was it. So I I was, you know, all of a sudden in charge of the Australian team, you know, probably a bit daunting at first, but, you (laughs) know, Um, you know, had a, you know, a young Darcy Ward on the scene. Chris Holder was just you know about to become world champion that 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 year, and yeah, it was pretty exciting times. You know, I think like it's just you know nice time probably to, to take over and you know change of the guard. And mm-hmm. you know, Crumpy was in his last year, which I, I knew, and it's funny because me and Jason, good friends, we we we, we always talked about it, strangely enough, like maybe I'd, I'd get to manage him the national team. I don't know why we'd have this conversation. <laughs> and um yeah, it turned out turned out that was the case, and he came back to the Australian team, and. Um, we did the last year, and we, we got a silver medal at, um, in the World Cup, so that was pretty pretty uh, fitting. And um, yes, yeah, so that was my 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 baptism into to management.
0: Was it sort of like was it a plan at all to go into into management when you finish racing, or was it going to be a case of hanging boots up, maybe go and watch a few more meetings on the sideline sort of thing?
1: Uh, I'm, I'm I'm pretty uh, I'm not good at planning and stuff. I, I'll be honest. <laughs> I sort of that's probably one of my my downfalls. I probably never sit real. High standard goals. I want to do this and I want to do that. Mm. Uh, I've kind of just kind of, I wouldn't say I've bumbled along. I've, I've, I've had an idea of what I wanted to do, but I haven't sort of thought, I'm going to do this. Mm. And um, to, to go into speedway management, like I said, I, I came back to the UK after having a year off in 2000, 2001, it was mm. thinking I'm going to do another two years and I'll be hanging the boots up and probably heading back south. Um, and I'm, I'm still here in the UK now, that's, <laughs> from 19 years or 20 years ago. Yeah. So it's um, yeah, just I, I found the transition easy. Uh, if, you know, I, I, ne- I never had any aspirations of being a team manager, none whatsoever. Um, but I, I felt that you know, like I have a position, I have some experience that I can actually, you know, help these young guys. I may have not been the, the Lee Adams or the Craig Boys, Todd Richards, Ryan Sullivan's, you know. Jason Crump's uh, in my career, uh, but I rubbed shoulders with him enough and competed against a lot of successful riders and, and world champions and probably realized why I didn't succeed and, and, and made mistakes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I had that experience and I, I think I, I I have the ability that I can actually talk to the riders now and put them at ease. And I think probably sometimes they're being told by a former world champion or someone had done that, did this. It's a different kind of, Pressure—it's a different sort um, uh, of—I'm not sure the word—but how how you sort of portray or come Mm -hmm. across—you have a bit more of a rapport, Mm -hmm. you know, more of a respecting that grows. It's just you know you don't you don't expect you're a former world champion you expect to have respect but you've Mm -hmm. got to earn the respect. Um, And because like some of the riders that come through now, when I look at their birth certificates on there. Their licenses, like they weren't even born, you know. <laughs> when I and so, yeah, it's a different, different breed, and you know, that, that's kind of, yeah. I, I guess I hadn't done too bad at it because I'm, mm. you know, I'm ten years in now as the national manager. Um, and if I was not very good at, I, I guess I would have been long gone. Mm.
0: But also, I think also because the World Cups no longer with us, it's the Spirit of Nations and things like that. Does it make it tougher for then for you to to pick three Australians to take the spots?
1: It's always tough picking best guys um, they, they, they tend to pick themselves in fairness mm-hmm. but you know it's how you, you you've got to you've got to sort of manage the other guys you know because they all in their mo- mind think they're, they're the best and they should be chosen and you know you, you don't really want to just dis- dis- disregard them or it will be disrespectful to them so that's that balance because you know I mean a conversation I had with Max Fripp last year you know, I was like Max, you know, it's kind of your you form. You're a Grand Prix rider, you know, you're doing this and you're doing that, but your form hasn't been so good. So I'm probably going to choose other, other riders. But you know, are you prepared if the chance comes along, if something changes, would you step up and be still part of the team? And his answer was yes. You know, and, and majority of them are yes, but you've you got to you know lay that down to them. And then as it turned out, you know, Jack Holder declined the opportunity to race. And so I had to go back to, to, to Max and say, you know, would you take this place? You know, but if I had been, a, you know, I'm not using. I'm just going to choose these guys and ignore you. That that conversation is very difficult. Mm-hmm. if It doesn't, if things don't go to plan. And I'd like to think that I have that rapport with the riders that, you know, I'm pretty open and honest with them. And, and my decisions is, is based on form and I, I can back it up uh, in my decisions. And I'd, I'd like to think they do respect me for that, um, I mean, I'll never know, um, <laughs> but, you know, we've got to get the results on the board and, you know, it's, it's always tough making those, those the, the final decision because you're like, you know, I've like, had like Chris Holt has been probably the most successful Australian rider for, for a number of years and to, to leave Chris out of the World Cup, you know, the Speedway Nations, that's a big shout, you know, it's, it's, it's not the nicest decision to make, um, but, you know, you've got to make these decisions.
0: Yeah, I can imagine it's quite a headache, you know, for you nowadays and that sort of thing. But the, well, I must admit the, the most successful sort of Australian really at the moment, other than obviously Jason Doyle and Max obviously being the Grand Prix, is Jamin Lindsay, um, you know, sort of come out of uh, rapidly sort of like nowhere over the last few years, obviously. And then winning the World on 21s last year, you know, that must be good for yourself thinking that, yes, we've got another Australian coming through with great potential to be in the World Championship.
1: Yeah, no, of course. I mean, I've, I've worked with Jamin for a number of years. Um, Sadly, I'm not really working with him too much now. He's he's got a different council now that's advising him. Um, But yeah, like, so he he was living with us here in the UK. um, And we we talked about the under 21s, you know, being the world champion four four years ago and Mm -hmm. sort of had a bit of a roadmap for that. Um, You know, I had Max Frick live with us as well. He he won it, uh, or not the year, year, I can't remember. He was living with us anyway. Yeah. But the year before he won it. So it's, it's, it's trying to work with them and getting these guys really to sort of focus on they're capable of doing it. Um, but, yeah, no, Jamin, you know, like last year was a revolution in speedway. Mm. He, obviously, he won the under-21 championship. Uh, it wasn't given to him. You know, it was a track probably he's pretty good on, but it was, it was, it was cutting up pretty rough for the, the weather they had in the build-up. So mm. conditions weren't really to his, his liking and he overcome them. Um, and, you know, what he did in the extra league last year yeah, there was no pressure on him, but he got, an up, got an opportunity, you know, a chance and, um, he took it and he took some big scalps and mm. he, he regularly took some big scalps. Um, and he's justified his, his place, uh, there now. So it's, it's, you know, he's, he's chosen to race in Sweden he's been mm. ambitious. He wants to race against the best guys. It's not the advice I would have given him. Mm. Um, well, I did give him, but he's, he's, he's chose, like I said, a different council to go a different route. Mm. And, uh, you know, I hope that works out for him, but, um, you know, yeah, I, he's, you know, he's he's a father now, so he's got, he's got a oh, few more right. extra challenges, you know. And um, but I'm sure I'm sure he's capable of you know, going on. Um, but I'll be, you know, be you know good to watch. But like I said yeah, we had a test match planned um, last year in Torren, starting the end of March, and he was going to be at the bottom end of that. So you know, he's, he's he's at that level.
0: Mm. Yeah, very much because like I say, the extra league he he done well, stormed it towards the end of the year and things like that. And, of course, that's when it all built up to the 2021 final and things like that. So that's great for him. And, obviously, he's one to watch for the next, like, 10 years, hope, hopefully, um, and things like that. But how did you manage to land sort of, like, the Bellevue job then? You know, obviously being team manager of Australia, then retiring, and then, obviously, you came into the team manager role at Bellevue. Yeah,
1: it's a lot of attraction, isn't it? So it's yeah. depending where you are. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I remember being in Tyron uh, for the Grand Prix, and I, I was talking to Chris Morton and Dave Gordon. And um, they were just talking about, you know, the new stadium, what their plans or visions of doing this. And it was just, you know, obviously I'd, I'd, I'd been riding um, for them, at, you know, a couple of years before. Mm. And uh, just got chat and, and I said, Chris is like, what are, you, what are you doing next year? And I said, oh, just between me and you, I haven't announced it, but I'm, I'm going to retire. I'm, I'm done. And they I just remember Dave Gordon and Chris Morton looked at each other and rolled their eyes. And they're like, so you're not riding next year? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and that was kind of that was the nod and then uh I, I hooked up with them for a meeting and then that's that's kind of how it all came about it was sort of a from, from tyrant from a conversation in tyrant and we got back to manchester we went, i went out and hooked up with them, and you know it was it wasn't straightforward i, I wasn't committal to come and taking over the role mm. at first um but after a while i decided it was probably a good idea to, to do that and you know so the, the transition sort of you know, worked out quite well and um you know we had a pretty pretty good first year mm. uh, we, we nearly nearly won the league nearly. Won. <laughs> won, isn't it nearly. yeah and okay. um yeah so that was, that was the old stadium so we turned like i, I remember my my concept so i'd race in the, with these boys and this, this this team of boys the men with these guys the team and um i when i when they asked me to manage them i'm thinking i i know I, I can turn this around no problem I, I, know, I know what we can do so we had uh, you know the the guys hadn't been been performing very well. And like I said, we we nearly won the league Mm -hmm. in in 12 months. So that was was
0: pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah, he managed to turn the whole Bellevue's fortunes completely, a, a complete U-turn, because I think, obviously, um, the one I know time I ever went to watch at Kirkley Lane was the playoffs, when you guys mm. were there. And it was when the match got abandoned, I think it was, because the rain came down. And it was like, the, it might have been the second to last meeting ever at Kirkley Lane. And, um, you know, just to watch the atmosphere, you know, and everything else. And, of course, then I've seen, since then, I've, I've been to the National Stadium. Again, it's a completely different atmosphere there. But, you know, I mean, to turn the whole club around and make the playoff final, and then I think it was down to, like, heat 14. You just, was. Paul clinched it in full heat full team down at pool. He still took him to the wire, okay. One very short, but he still took him to the wire. Um, but you know, you, you're there, you're on the door, you just got to get that final hurdle, it seems. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, that, that was known as the, the goggle gate final, wasn't it? I don't know if yeah. you of that when um, Kyle Newman um, threw his yeah, you know, threw his goggles off because he couldn't get his lens in or something. Mm. And um, like I went to the referee, I'm like, you know, isn't that like you know, not allowed? You know, you can't do that. And he's like, no, 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 no. I'm like, you sure? There's something in the rule book They're saying you know you must wear you know safety protection. No, 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 no. And, and anyway, it all, all kind of escalated um, because the referee kind of said he did not, he didn't know anything about it after, and um, so there's the, some very heated words were exchanged <laughs> yeah. at the end of the meeting, which I, I kind of got in trouble with. And um, um, bless Chris Morton, he didn't want to follow it up, but me and Dave Gordon was like, no, we've got to we've got to milk this. So we went down to the pool. We put out a Press statement, and basically it's going to be investigated. And we had we had pool rattled, mate. They were down there like going, oh, "Goggles, goggles, goggles!" And we lost by two points, so or a point or whatever. Yeah. And Midlow, I remember Midlow. I was actually staying with Midlow, and he rang me up on that that on the way down there, and he absolutely just you know, blasted me. If you want to win that way, you know, dirty tricks, da, 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 you know, we'll start like that and try and get those points taken off us. Oh, you can have it. You can have it. Anyway, we, or they won by two points. And at that particular point, they still didn't know if this this was going to be reviewed and it could have had to be replayed. And, you know, I I opened up and said to Midlow at the time, i like, Man, you've won it fair and square. There's There's no, there's no, you know, review. There's no, you know, sort of, you know, um, Appeal going mm. in at all,
0: it's yours, you know, mm. and uh, yeah, that was it. So, but yeah, it was, that was a quite an intense final, definitely. So, yeah, yeah, imagine it was. It looked good on TV anyway, I know that, but uh, like you said, yeah, the goggle final, that's one I can't remember now, <laughs> I remember that one now, but um, yeah, I mean, a great, well, it was great atmosphere for Speedway, though, isn't it? Any publicity is good publicity for Speedway, you know, no matter what, and of course, it gets that little bit more atmosphere, it gets even more hyped up for that for that grand final meeting, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, and uh, that was, yeah. You
1: know, there's no, like I said, Gobblegate
0: gate, go down history. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, uh, the following year was the move into the National Stadium, mm-hmm. um, which unfortunately got delayed because the track didn't quite lay properly or or whatever it was in the end that uh, caused the problems. So I think like, the first what's it uh, month or nearly two months, you have rode all your way fixtures first, near enough. And then uh, when the track was safe and good enough to ride, then you guys obviously managed to play catch-up with your home fixtures.
1: Yeah, that was some challenging times, i to <laughs> <show> you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You've gone into this fantastic stadium and the, the track. The you know the, the, the contractors just messed up turns three and four. Uh, it took a lot to you know to, to recover um, from the, from there. But you know we, ha- we we lost any home track advantage. Mm. Uh, we still made the playoffs. Um, and yeah, you know, today I, I still think we were probably the better team, um, but we just didn't perform when we went to Overhampton. We, mm. we just were caught napping. Um, you know, Matty Zagar just, just you know, he can be so dynamite, you know, on his day on when he's on. But unfortunately, this day he was he was not switched on. And then you think he got about five points and it just went, went downhill. And so, yeah, and Max Frick, you know, like won the World Under-21 Championship the night before. And, you know, the poor kid didn't sleep, you know, a week, you know, from winning his championship to, to come and race in the grand final. So he scored one point, you know. It's just like, you know, I think the time we went there the following season, the stars season, he maxed at an eighty point maximum. So and things just went went against us, you know, and mm. that's that's unfortunate in sport. But the, the, just the timing was against us and um you know, but we, we got we got there, we made we made the we made the playoffs, made the grand final and um but you know, we got smoked, you know, by by Wolves that went on to enjoy the, their success. But yeah, they brought Ty Wolfenham back and you know, mm. I think if you're you know, Ty if you read his book or not. But uh, he talked about he could have joined Bellevue, and you know, I was involved in those conversations. And um, you know, you know, our management at the time you know, didn't, didn't go for it. So, mm.
0: Well, maybe that's an opportunity slightly missed, then maybe that was. Well, I, I,
1: was. I, I, I knew he was going to come back to the bread. He wanted to come back. And I said, whoever signs him is going to win the league. Mm. Dead set. And
0: um, yeah, it happened but, to be Wolverhampton against you guys, which is so even worse. <laughs> haunted by my own comments yeah exactly but obviously since then obviously since the all the problems been ironed out and i said so the track's fantastic to ride fantastic to watch out you've had some great meetings uh, it's a proper world championship stadium there which is finally what we needed in england for such a long time
1: yeah and like uh, chris and dave you got to give them credit you know they worked their, their butts off for 10 years to get that stadium with the city council um you know and obviously we, we know what's what's happened and uh, unfortunately, they got their, the promoter's license annulled within 12 months,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: we you know, Tony Rice and Robin Southwell came in with, uh, and put you know, Chief Exec Adrian Smith there as my co-promoter, made me co-promoter and, and team manager and director of Speedway, and such. So we've we've been handed the baton to take over you know, the, the great famous club. Um, you know, it's like Jill, like I said, it's the Jill in the crown of uh, British Speedway, but boy, it's it's hard work keeping that 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 business afloat that that track. So we have so many challenges. And it, like we work so hard to, to get, you know, you know, keep it running and then keep it, you know, the track, you know, in prime, we have Andy Mereth does a great job of the track and, you know, we, we invest still a lot into that, that track and then, you know, it could be easy be let gone, you know, you know, you look at sort of less, that's a pretty new stadium and that's not the best racetrack. It sort of goes, goes pretty, pretty rough and ready at times but we won't allow that. It's easy done, very easy done on, on these tracks, you know, if you don't keep, up, keep them up to scratch. So we work very hard to keep it going. You know, we obviously would dearly love to be able to, to win the league and, <laughs> and win it around that, and celebrate it around the National Speedway Stadium, but you know, we've had we've got some great events, you know, the FIM, you know, Speedway Nations is going to be here this year um, and the under-21 qualifying meetings and, you know, the British final. Um, you know, that was a pretty epic British final last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're looking forward to staging these, these events at that stadium. And like you said, it, it, it was built, it was designed to, to have these big events. And, you know, that's, that's as the, the cup Gastonian and holding the baton, we've got to continue to make sure that we can actually, you know, have these events, you know, come to Manchester.
0: Yeah, exactly. And of course, having yourself as an extra rider, you know what to, how to sort of like prepare the tracks and sort of like the probably the things that the other promoters don't see is what you can pick up on. So it's probably a, a great little consortium of guys who can pick up on different things at different times.
1: Yeah, no, we have a really good team. You know, all that from our clerk of courses, you know, to our, you know, our meeting operators, our you know, just everyone, you know, from the, the commentators, the presenters. Mm-hmm. We we work really hard behind the scenes. You know, we've got a great team, and I think that's the key. You know, and uh, we, you know, I, to be fair, I, I've introduced a lot of um, operationals that I see from the FIM events, and mm-hmm. we 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 kind of standardize ourselves on, on those those events. So our regular meeting, we 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 run like clockwork. we, we work hard. Um, so if we want to put the presentation on, so it is a good show. And the, yeah, and there's the, the, those, those finer things, you know, those 1% percenters, as, you know, uh, as, a, as a sportsman has to do to, to achieve, you know, as an operation, as a club, as a track, we have to be doing them too. And we're, you know, it's a big old beast, you know, to, 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 to run in, in, you, know, in the, you know, not many cities have speedway tracks. So we're one of the few left mm. and uh, we've got to keep it that way. We've got a proud history. Um, we recognise that. And the city council, su- whilst supporting, you know, the speedway, which is fantastic. Mm. Um, so we we just got to keep it keep it going.
0: Mm. I'm sure you will, and of course, also not to mention also the Colts um, also do what do a good job there as well with the National League team. And uh, you know, and do you get a chance to watch them at all on on the off, on the odd uh, race nights?
1: Yeah, no, no, I go down there, and I, I actually I, I go from team manager for the, the Aces to to team coach. Oh, for the Colts. Okay. So we we have Steve Williams and um, Graham Goodwin. Mm. They're the co-managers for the Colts. Uh, They're in their twenty-first year of coaching the uh, team, managing the Colts. So yeah, I go down there and I work sort of, I get get my hands dirty and help the boys because a lot of them come in and they're still learning the ropes. You know, their bikes aren't quite you know up to up to spec, and you know they're not not probably being adjusted accordingly. And just that helping with the timing and the the jetting and the gearing and body positions. You know, so I kind of coach them. Um, as much on a, on colts night, so you know I was, you know we're still running the speedway, but you know I, I get in behind the scenes and um, you know we, we treat the colts exactly the same as we t- treat the aces, um, but yeah we just have a, just you know unfortunately there's a lot more people come to the aces than then do the colts, but I think the people that don't go to the colts
0: are probably missing out on something. Yeah, because National League racing is fantastic to watch around there, and I mean, uh, Steve and, and the crew there are fantastic. They've always been good to me whenever I've ridden there. We've been there; you know, they're great guys. So, um, but if, yeah, because don't you only have like, the main grandstand open for the for the Colts? You don't have the whole stadium open.
1: Yeah, obviously, because the security comes at a massive cost, mm. um, and with the numbers, we can cater for everyone in the, in the, the main grandstand. So the south stand we we, we keep shut. I mean, yeah, it'd be be great if we were getting the numbers mm. and we can open up the. The south Stand, because uh, I, I, I've i never actually watched a race from the South Stand because it's closed for the, the Colts yeah. and the Aces, I'm busy. <laughs> so from what I'm hearing, the, the, the people that watch from the South Stand think it's just fantastic. I mean, I've, I've stood up there and seen it and I've you know, seen you from the, the spectacle what it look like, but I've never actually seen a race from there. Mm. So um, I'll have to do that one day. But, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, so that's what we do. That's the reason why. It's just trying to make it cost-effective mm. to run the stadium because obviously we, we run under the, the green code of stadiums Mm. and safety uh, guidance so it's we, we've got to do everything right you know, and run by the guidelines
0: mm. yeah 100 percent. i mean but also, it's a great atmosphere matter what you watch the national league or or the top league or anything like that any or world championships it's a great atmosphere it's a great track you know i can't speak hard of it myself you know i say ridden it watch it you know it's been great and obviously i've mechanic there as well so the facilities are everywhere fantastic
1: yeah, no, exactly. I mean, like, you, know, so you see young Dan Buley track record at Oliver, all around that place. It's, it's it's fantastic. So, yeah, it's just a spectacle.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think I was there also one night when I think the track record went like three times. And then at the end, I think it was like Niels Christian Everson had it for, for quite a while and things like that. And You think, bloody hell, oh, these guys are really going for it. And I think it was like a Sunday afternoon meeting as well. It wasn't exactly like a, a, a night meeting either. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, the track was yeah, pretty grippy that day
0: yeah exactly but um must round it up tonight mark thank you for your time much appreciate it hopefully you've enjoyed it it's been a bit different something uh, you know you can talk about uh, to everyone you know that sort of thing but um i must do me little plugs which is thanks to everyone who's been watching tonight again make sure you subscribe to the youtube channel subscribe to us on spotify apple Podcasts, and all the other podcast uh, areas that you can get to now and also like us on facebook we have a an open page and a private page but um Thanks for tonight, Mark. Much appreciated, mate. Um, hopefully we we'll catch up soon, maybe in the season when the season starts. No worries, mate. I enjoyed it. Yeah, good. I'm glad to hear that, mate. Take care, mate.